Welcome to Riot Act, episode 83 of the Alternative Music Podcast. Uh, my name's Stephen Hill. Um, uh, my back is made of flumps. <laughs> His name's Renfrey Deadman. What's your back made of? Probably spine uh, and bone and ligaments and strong things, right? I would have thought so. I yeah. mean, I, I quite regularly have back issues like you're having at the moment. Um, but, not um, like but I have at the moment. At the moment, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm all right. You're not having them. You don't have them like I have them at the moment. Because I fucking know about it if you did, Renfrey. You need to do yoga, mate. I do, yes. I'm going to get old Diamond Dallas Page on YouTube and get him up with his yoga thing. Apparently, that's really good. Diamond Dallas Page? Yeah, the wrestler. Oh, okay. Very good. WCW in the 90s. I actually uh, actually do a bit of a mean downward dog, I do. Do you? I can't imagine you do. I do a lot of stretching. I do a lot of stretching on my back, but... um, Yoga and stretching are the same thing. It's silly. It's silly of me. I've I've, I've fucking really... I've really hurt my back. Mm. I really, really hurt my back. But it's my own fault because I went to pick up my um, remote control from my sofa. Idiot. So if you're going to do crazy mad shit like that, then obviously your bra- your back will snap into you do a billion, it. a billion pieces. Um, thanks very much for listening to the show and my woes, um, <laughs> you guys at home. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing new records from Body Count, from JFDR, from My Dying Bride, and from Today is the Day, plus the most typical uh, trade-off in history, I think. Renfrey's picked a band that he really likes called, called Vessels, and I've picked a band that I really like called Earth Crisis. We like those types of music, <laughs> hardcore and post-rock. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Renfrey it. Core and Steve Core, basically. Yeah, it basically you know. is, yeah. Um, so, you know, definitely stick around for that. And uh, we also love to shout out our friends at Musicism, musicism.net. We should do that every week like we do. Go over there and you can get some amazing courses for any budding singers, songwriters, guitarists, producers, all that good shit. It's $9.99 a month. You can get 25% off in the checkout uh, when you put in Riot in capitals. So do that. If I were you, here comes Bon George. Yes, she is. As well, she... thank you for the gentleman, a oh, gentlewoman, maybe baby, uh, genderless. Who gentle knows? Gentlewoman, maybe <laughs> baby, maybe genderless. Fuck me, like Mr. Bean over there. Not even he didn't talk to you like you went full Hugh Grant then. Thank you, gentleman. The woman. Well, it doesn't really gender. It's not your business. I am so sorry. Thank you. Thank you to the person who every week, without a fail, on our YouTube channel puts bonjour watch in the comments yeah. um where you can she's uh, just eaten something as well what have you eaten <sighs> silly cat um anyway so there, there's a help for for you my friend uh thank you very much for doing that so yes if you, you if you just want to watch the youtube channel for bonjour and bonjour alone um uh, i've forgotten your username i do apologize but uh someone puts puts it up every week in the comments which is very very kind of you and it's a great service and we're all very very happy that you're doing it thank you she's eaten something what have you eaten she She's seems like, to be all right I yeah don't... but she just went <laughs> keeps spewing up grass at the moment like she's stuck on the fucking sofa now oh it's yeah not my sofa that is it not? Do you know that's not my sofa? So this will be out of shot, but there's a sofa which where the arm is fucked, I think is the uh, technical technical, term, technical yeah. term, because Bonjour has been scratching at it. Are you not getting a scratcher, scratching post? It's behind you, oh, look! It is look, You've well. got a bloody scratching post. It's a scratching post right touched. here. She walked into it, right? She walks... Look, I mean, she doesn't even want to go anywhere near it. She basically walked up to that scratching post, knocked it over... And fucking has never touched it again. She's having a look at it. She is having She's a look, having a look at it. She doesn't care about it. Bonjour. It's a shame this is an audio medium, isn't it? Anyway, um, 
done all that, haven't we? Uh, yes. So uh, we should say for trade-off, Renfrey, I'm going to put it out there that we um, we will soon be retiring trade-off for a little we while. We are thinking of retiring trade-off. We've been, we haven't been... Whenever we get super busy, it's always the first thing to be knocked off, I guess. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, it serves us well, trade-off. We've had some wonderful moments. Batman, Prince, Wank comes to mind. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to explain it now. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, yeah. All I've, good things must come to All me. good things come to us, absolutely. absolutely. Um, but we've come up with a really good idea, I think. Now, we've been talking a lot about... Stephen, our... Stephen Hill's idea. I was pretty, pretty much... I'm going to give you the credit yeah, for this one. Thank you very much. Um, we recently... Well, we've been talking about our favourite albums ever quite a lot recently. Um, and we also... We did Streets and Sky by The Enemy in Trade Off a couple of weeks ago, which is, uh, I think, the third worst reviewed album on some particular website uh, ever, right? It's pretty bad. So we thought, I th- what I thought was, since we did some stuff about our best albums ever, why not see if we can find the worst album ever? So we're going to start with The Enemy uh, at number one. That's the number one on our list. But we're going to have a new section called Broken Records. And uh, it's going to be the search for the worst album ever. Um, a lot of it will be us going on Metacritic and seeing what the worst albums are and, uh, and then uh, bringing them in ourselves. But... If you want to get in contact with us um, at Riot Act Podcast, isn't it? On the Twitter, or if you want to go on our Facebook page, uh, give us a shout or on Instagram. Or Instagram. Yeah. Give us any suggestions for what you believe is the single worst album ever. In alternative music, can we just say, in alter- we're not going to be listening to like the Emma Bunton album or anything like that. We're not going to make it to... If it was Spice Girls solo albums, it would be the Victoria Beckham album, which is the worst. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. When I, I th- Mel C's album probably is just about on the cusp of the th- sort of thing that we do here. Oh, just, just. Did a song with Brian Adams. Just. <laughs> yeah. um, I might have told the story in the pod before, I can't remember, but um, we, God, I just called it a pod like a twat um we when i worked at virgin megastore victoria beckham's album came out and we were in the bristol store which had something like 200 300 copies sent to us we sold one copy on the first day and did you enjoy it (gasps) oh your copy insinuating that you bought it it's very good thanks um you used to do comedy didn't you maybe you should you used to do comedy didn't you Mm. Um, and, um, yes, it was such a fucking disaster that, um, it went on sale for thirteen ninety nine, And in the end we had to try and sell off copies for one ninety nine. which in 2001 or 2002, I mean, buying a full CD album for one ninety nine, can you even fucking imagine it? Still couldn't shift the fuckers. Ridiculous. I'm not surprised. Rubbish. So anyway, fucking dreadful. If you've got any albums that are worse than that. Maybe we should do that actually. I don't think we should do Vic- Victoria Beckham's <laughs> album. No. <laughs> Don't think we should do that. Um, I, I, it's only because I had one in particular that we will be starting with, which I nearly was going to give Renfrey for trade off, but it will become our um, our first broken record. And uh, basically, we're going to put them, we're going to rank them in order uh, yeah, every week. We're going to kind of yeah. put them where they belong in where and exactly. We should do a mammoth Spotify where. playlist as well. Yeah, we definitely. We do should. do Spotify playlists, by the way. We never shout that out, but we do Spotify playlists for every single episode that we so put up so check it out uh, on rightatpodcast.com they won't be when it's this awful one but anyway yes get hold of us let us know what rubbish records Renfrey and I should be uh, ranking as one of the worst albums ever and we'll start after that like maybe one I think we're going to we're going to do another trade off one last big trade off next week mm-hmm. and then it will be 
on to the search for the worst album ever. Um, Renfrey, last week, you and I, we reviewed Five Finger Death Punch, didn't we? Mm. And we were pretty, uh, pretty sort of surprisingly, surprisingly positive about it. Well, I, I, I stopped short at positive, but I think I was positive about we it. We were, expe- I, I think many people, myself included, before I heard it, were expecting us to tear it apart and say it was awful. And I think there was a sort of reluctant, well, you know what? Fair play. They do what they do mm-hmm. pretty well. That's to it. I just wanted to uh, to bring this up because it actually chimes in a little bit with something that I thought afterwards um, when you mentioned uh, your first metal band, when you're talking about Five Finger Death Punch being yep. someone's first metal band. Um, Zone my... of Danger on the Down and O Forum actually said, I wanted to pick up on something that was mentioned on the recent podcast. Takes with a pinch of salt, as I may be misquoting, no offence intended, etc. Absolutely no offence taken whatsoever. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Renfrey who said something on the lines of being a bit disappointed that Five Finger Death Punch were going to be the band that a lot of younger people got them into metal and that his exposure would have been Master of Puppets era Metallica. To an extent, it was a justice for all, actually. Uh, but that's fine. Okay, fine. Uh, to an extent, I get that, but ultimately, there needs to be an acceptance that Metallica, Sabbath, Maiden, etc., aren't going to be those bands anymore. My first metal band, I got into metal in 2010, would bring me the Horizon, and many of my friends first listened to the likes of Asking Alexandria, Avenged Sevenfold, and Within Temptation as their first exposure to it. Obviously, branching into the entire world of metal eventually, but I just see Death Punch as the next step in that production. I think helps as well, though I'm not a big Death Punch fan. Admittedly, I respect what they do. And and the production on that new album is undoubtedly amazing. I do think the production is great. really good on that record, yep. yeah. I personally find the production of those early Metallica records to make them unlistenable. The songs are obviously incredible, but the actual sound of it draws, uh, draws me up the wrong way. And I do wonder how much that has impacted my generation and future ones to come in the world of metal. So if Death Punch are that band for a lot of people, then we should all, in my opinion, embrace it completely. If they got announced to download headliners, I probably wouldn't watch them, but I'd be happy with it. And for them, they deserve it. Just some quick thoughts in it. All the best. Yeah, I think that's a good, really um, valid point. Yeah, totally, a very valid point. Um, my I actually, can I, can I, can I, um, just yeah, sort sure. of, uh, uh, I, I'd just like to make it clearer the point that I was trying to make. It wasn't that I, 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 I suppose the point I was trying to make was we need bands like Five Finger Death Punch, mm. whether I like them or not, or whether we like them or not. We do need them. I suppose the point I was trying to make is, isn't it a shame that? The frame of reference for Death Punch is so narrow compared to, say, a Metallica who had far, far wider influences. This some of the bands, some of the bands that have been um, uh, mentioned there, I think, Bring Me the Horizon have a far wider pool of influences. Yep. So, uh, so I, I, I don't particularly like Bring Me the Horizon either. I think Simple Terminal is a great record. I like There Is a Hell, but that's about it. Um, but I'd, you know, Bring Me the Horizon makes more sense to me because it's more. Um, wider influentially the thing when you talk about you know you may say my first metal album was Injustice for All most people and you, you said Discharge to Bark and everything in between right as the influence from Metallica now most people who got into Metallica really the majority of people would have got into Metallica on the Black Album yes and the frame of reference for that record was much. is far smaller I mean I don't think you can say there's any Discharge and there's not a lot of Bark on on that record it is much more acdc and kind of stompy rock i'm 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 about to say something ever so slightly facetiously but discharge holier than thou Mm. okay and nothing else matters bark 
Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I'm I, don't, that I, don't, is... I don't think the, you know, I don't think the, I mean, I think I'm... most people who listen to Nothing Else Matters don't in this, no. immediately go, huh, no. they're doing Bark. No, I, think I know. Bon Jovi. But, ho- maybe, but I guess my point there is holier than thou to Nothing Else Matters, which surely are the sonic extremes <laughs> of that record, seems yeah. to be a larger gap, I think, than the majority of Five Finger Death Punch albums, including Fate, uh, F8, whatever the fuck it's called. Well, um, um, Darkness settles in into This Is War or a little bit off into This Is War. That is, they're quite different, aren't they? They in, are in quite the, different. In the, same, in the same sphere as, you know, you got a ballad and a heavy one. I don't think a little bit off is as ballady as nothing else matters. Darkness settles in is. I can't even remember how that goes. Uh, that's the <laughs> that's the the sort of country, the countryfied kind of Bob Seger-y. It Sounds a bit like the the gonna have to sing it. I can't remember. Oh. Um, but you know, or the wrong side of heaven into like you know, burn motherfucker, burn motherfucker against. I'm on the wrong side of heaven. On the ro-. so you know. I don't know that song. I know burn motherfucker. Yeah, or burn but, MF as they call it because mm, they want to be commercial. So you know they are. Yeah, um, so True. they are. They are. Uh, you know that they they do that. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think no, pe- it's a valid point though. People's yeah. first metal bands tends to be things that are quite instantaneous, and Five Finger Death Punch are pretty instantaneous. Um, that was half the point though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting um, uh, to say that the production on earlier metal albums puts him off because i have to say i hear that loads i felt like that about i sort of held off on buying those early metallica albums back in the 90s when i first got into metal because the little tiny bits that i heard i mean i loved loved creeping death on cunning stunts yeah. i was like this is fucking unbelievable yeah and then my they first time hearing it on they open with ride the lightning yeah like, yeah i was like yeah, mm, yeah not yeah. actually as yeah. yeah so i can i can kind of understand that i think i totally can no and and to and to be clear my point wasn't um um your first metal band should be metallica it shouldn't be five finger death punch i think that's really that would be a really naive thing mm. to say um I, in many ways, I was incredibly fortunate that I discovered And Justice For All uh, at an age and a time when I didn't even... Production was not something I thought about. I I don't think I even... To be honest, the age that I listened to And Justice For All, I would have been eight or nine, maybe ten. I think I assumed... I, I, I didn't even think about how records were recorded. I think they just... I, I assume they plugged their amplifiers in and they all played live in a circle. Definitely, they do not do that the majority of the time. And, you know... Well, and Jason Newstead definitely did not. <laughs> and they just, um, you know, pressed record on something and that's how it's recorded. That's probably how I thought it was done at the time because I hadn't thought about it yeah. at all. So I was really fortunate that I discovered Justice for All first because whilst people do moan about the production of it and objectively I can now see why it is a terribly produced record. Mm. It has never bothered me because when I discovered it, production was just not something I thought about. I mean, it's the one that took me so long to get into Injustice for All because of the production. And to so me, long. I, I get that totally. And but I, I, I just count myself lucky that I, that it was the first one. Cause when I heard it, it was the heaviest fucking thing in the universe. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. You know, sat in front of my Coca-Cola stereo, 
um, you know, listening to it. I had to be quite quiet because I didn't want my brother to know that I'd stolen it from him. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I thought it was the most depraved, disgusting, heavy thing I'd ever heard at that time because I didn't know any better. Mm. Because the heaviest thing I'd heard up to that point was Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So, you know. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, good, but good, you know, good points, interesting points uh, mm. to be made. And yeah, you know, like we've, I think we both said that we would be delighted if Five Finger Death Punch or any metal band, most, almost, almost any metal band. I keep, I said any metal band and then bullet from my band sign popped into my head. And I was like, <laughs> not any metal band. Um, but yeah, most metal bands, I think, as first time headliners for download i, think I mean look yeah the official i think i can safely say this and you know do do shout if you disagree but i know you don't the official riot act opinion is five finger death punch should be down uh should be headlining download festival and actually yeah. not only that they should have done it a couple of years ago does yeah. that mean that we like them fuck no um but <laughs> does that mean that i like them fuck no but but they should have been doing that years ago yeah, yeah. And, and, and and that is more of an issue that we have with download festival rather than five finger death punch mm. uh you went to a couple of gigs this week renfrey went some really interesting gigs the first one ithaca supporting uh big thief big thief now this is a fascinating one just because oh my goodness when was the last time you saw a incredibly abrasive, hardcore, slightly mathy to a degree, hardcore band play Hammersmith Apollo, Stephen Hill? Um, it is a bit of a trick question because my guess is it hasn't happened. Don't think it has. I'm, uh, mm. I've seen Slipknot at Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah. Uh, supported by Machine Head and Children of Bottom. So I've seen heavy bands at Hammersmith Apollo. Yeah. But hardcore? Like fucking bonkers, bonkers hardcore. Like I've just, I've not seen it. Yeah, I'll give you a bit more time to think. But um, I, I, I know that um, that Gallows supported Bullet for My Valentine. Over you talking about at Hammersmith at Hammersmith Apollo. Nice. Yeah, so that would that, have been cool. Yeah, and that was on Orchestra Walls as well when they were really kind of scabrous. That would have been cool. Yeah, I think Ithaca. Purely because of the slightly, I would never call Ithaca a math band, but they have slightly odd sort of mathy bits and pieces. They do. Whereas Gallows are a bit more straight ahead. I think Gallows is a more translatable, you would you would see it as more translatable sound than Ithaca. Yeah, uh, in a big so, yeah. In a big 5,000 capacity venue. Yeah. Um, the point being, Ithaca are currently as we speak um supporting this band big thief around europe and the uk and i went down to hammersmith apollo to see them because i was just really intrigued about how ithaca would go down a in a space that big but b in front of big thief fans now big thief do you know, know anything about you don't know anything about big thief at all no not really i didn't really know all that much about big thief so i did my research um They've been around for a little while. They're on their fourth record. Um, they're doing very well. Um, they're kind of. Well, if they headline Hammersmith Apollo, they absolutely. are doing very yeah, well. Yeah, they're doing very yeah. Um, they, I checked out sort of the ticket sales and stuff like that. They'd sold out the standing area. They hadn't quite sold out the seats, but it's pretty safe to assume that they sold 
three to four thousand tickets, you know, in London. They have three dates in the UK. So, yeah, they are doing, you know, very, very well. Um, and I had to listen to a few songs and they have a kind of indie folk sort of sound um a little bit hipster-esque um i played it to a couple of other people some of which who absolutely hated it <laughs> i have to say i didn't really have any i thought it, i thought they were perfectly fine it was indie music that doesn't surprise me as massive because in my opinion it's quite furniture and a bit right. bland and a bit beige um and i i i, I wouldn't merit talking about them on this show all that much uh because i don't think they have enough interesting stuff about them but then having said that we would cover bands who have vague um similarities to them i'm thinking things like the shins maybe or mm -hmm. something like that um there's a song called masterpiece which has the worst guitar solo i've ever heard recorded in my life and i hey, think it's nick jonas is not a word with you Nick Jonas and his awful guitar solo. You remember that? Yes, I do. Is it worse than that? It's definitely on a par. Wow. I'm tempted to pause this and show it to you. It's no. so fucking bad. Don't be that tempted. Um, but um, I believe it's intentionally bad, but that kind of annoys me even more because it's this sort of anti-hipster, yeah, guitar like, solo is lame sort of thing. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. go fuck yourself. Um, but anyway... So Big Thief, but overall Big Thief, I have no strong opinions either way. And obviously, yeah, it sounds like it. Well, well, yeah, but but music where you have no strong opinions either way tends to get massive, doesn't it? Mm. Um, anyway, but basically, I was very intrigued as to how Ithaca would go down, and I was quite worried. Yeah. I was worried that I'd be in a room full of snidey indie pricks who'd be like, um, uh throwing the devil horns in a um sarcastic manner yeah. and being like hardcore and all this bullshit and like the system of a down fans that were watching dillinger escape plan all those years ago yeah quite likely i was one of those although yeah. although i was just keeping quiet at the back going this is very loud and raucous and i don't understand it um because you saw me walking around the front looking to chin anyone who you saw you saw <laughs> to like even look mildly displeased by it thankfully i saw them in birmingham and i believe you saw them in london mm. so we were we were safe distance apart um but um yeah uh i was really intrigued to see how they would go down i'm really pleased to report that for the most part it seemed to be really positive the main reaction that i saw looking around was eh but what was encouraging about that is it wasn't people running away. And, um, you know, I was in the stall section, so I can't speak for the um, circle. But I would say it was at least half full, if not maybe two thirds full. Mm. And the really encouraging thing is no one was people weren't leaving. People were staying and watching it and people were and really receptive between songs and stuff like that and were genuinely applauding and seemed to be enjoying it there were a lot of bemused faces um but um yeah it was a really encouraging cool thing to see and you know whilst i'm not a massive fan of big thief fair fucking play for them taking a really abrasive hardcore act out with them on the I road how that happened apparently they're fans really? i was talking to jamila i was just talking to jamila about it apparently they're just big fans um big big thief big fans but yeah it was really really encouraging really really good to see um and i just sort of hope that we can see this a little bit more because why the fuck shouldn't 
a hardcore band support. At the end of the day, it's just all about good music, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. And I actually saw they've been retweeting the odds kind of um, <clears throat> shitty comment that they've been getting. Yeah. They've been retweeting yeah. it. And actually some guy was like, about it. And I think I was like, and I can't actually remember what I said to him, but I was, he said something about death metal or something. And I was like, I, I can't remember what I said back to him, but he said, um, I didn't even say they were bad. Go back and read the tweet. And I was like, well, the insinuate, he said, I just didn't think they fit the thing. And I was like, well, fit look. The bill. And mm. I was like, the thing is, mate, is the insinuation that they don't fit to me means, because there's only, there's good music and there's bad music. The insinuation that they don't fit. You've gone to see a band you like. The insinuation that they don't fit to me insinuates you're saying that they're not very good. Mm. Because why would you care what type of music they are? If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. And you want good bands playing with good bands. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. So and you fair know, play, who gives a fuck like the mixed bills are cool. Fair play to Jim Miller and Sam as well, who I think are the primary people who deal with the Ithaca Twitter account because they have been retweeting them, but they've also been retweeting those comments and then saying thank you for coming to check us out because we mm. totally appreciate that the majority of Big Thief fans are not gonna sort of get us mm. at all. And oh, like, I remember what he said now. He was like, it's the worst fit since somebody, I can't remember who it was, supported the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I think I said, man who likes Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> has terrible taste. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw James Brown support the Red Hot Chili Peppers and yeah. uh, James Brown was fucking amazing yeah, and the chilies does. were not great yeah. um yeah it was a really cool thing to see and i'd love to see that happen more and yeah like i say fair play big thief and also quickly i actually say uh, i mean it was not the best ithaca show i've ever seen because they were nervous as fuck um and it's the first date of the tour and playing a massive room like that but what was also really encouraging is their sound translated into a big room far mm. better than i expected it to and it That's just cool. goes to show that because that is a big excuse that people will trot out and they'll go, oh, well, it just doesn't work. It's not going to work. You know, it's proof that it can work. And it 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 sounded good. That It was it was crystal clear. I recognize the, the songs, you know, and all that kind of thing. And I've definitely been to sets where I know the songs, but the, the sound system is so fucking awful or the, or the mix is so bad that you just, it just sounds like sludge basically. But that was not the case. It sounded really good out front. And I kept, I was walking around. I must've been really annoying people because I was walking all over the venue to just be like, does it sound good here? Does it sound good there? Does it sound, it sounded great everywhere. Like it was really good. So fair play to the people who were out with them mixing it and all that kind of thing. Like it, it just goes to show that you can put that music on, on a big stage and it can potentially work so good um nice. and uh on a slightly different tip slightly. you also went to the chaos theory all day didn't you? yeah so um chaos theory for those who don't know is a promotions company set up by a wonderful man called canal who um basically seek to celebrate really fucking experimental music now we cover some pretty experimental shit on this podcast canal makes some of the stuff that canal puts on makes the stuff that we put i mean it makes stuff like i don't know um sightless pit look like five finger death punch in terms of experimentalism um and i am kind of i i I have to bow down to his sheer brilliance and knowledge uh, uh, in in this form of music i am going to be super honest and say some of it goes right over my head and i'm like there was quite a lot of drone uh, uh which is is oh, not well, my bag 
I'm not going to even review those bands because for me... Uh, Were they more or less like, because presumably like Sun, uh, sort of like the, the Bon Jovi of drones. <laughs> <laughs> bon Jovi of drone. There it is. There's the title. Um, uh, oh, I <laughs> yeah, like, no, this is the proper stuff. Similar. It was yeah. similar. Um, there was, oh, I don't even know if I want to say this or not because I don't, I, I, I feel like if I disappear drone band i'm dissing something that i don't understand yeah of course. so i will caveat it with that yeah of course but there was a lot of excitement about a band called undersmile yeah. because they were coming back to play this festival they hadn't played for a long time and i was watching it i was just like i don't get I it i don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> but not for me and that's not the review yeah. um so i just want to go through a couple of the bands here because it was a really fucking amazing day 15 hours of music mm-hmm. constantly um because there were no breaks in between bands it was at the dome and boston music room so it was just an alternating stage started at midday and went on till three o'clock in the morning fucking hell fair fucking play but actually that is testament to canal and chaos fuck no No. i'm no i I mean i'm sure it would have been great but no i'm I'm 35 i can't stay for 15 hours um but i was there for a good seven or eight Mm um and um yeah but fair play to canal like lots and lots of people wanted to play this festival and support the fact that it's 10 years since chaos theory have been a thing so that's fucking wonderful um i'm not going to talk about them loads because i uh followed with them on tour in europe recently but vasa played again i just wanted to mention them because when i last talked about them i said that they were really really shaky live because it'd been about 18 months since i've seen them just to say that it's amazing the difference a week makes because Mm. they were fucking tight as a gnat's ass when i saw them in london so yeah they were fucking awesome but i talked about them quite a bit do you know arabrot yeah i do yeah arabrot are a fucking fascinating band aren't they Mm. um i saw them at the end of december uh supporting envy um and they god i don't know how to describe arabrot the reason i don't know how to describe them is it seems every single time i see them they appear to be a completely different band And I have a huge amount of admiration for that. But the set, I mean, for starters, when I saw them supporting Envy, there were like six members. They were played, they played two sets at this Chaos Theory all day. And the first, I only saw the first set. I didn't see the second one. I believe the second one was more of a full band thing. But their first set was just two of them. Um, It was like a a woman on keys, I'm going to say. And um, it was definitely a woman, was it? Definitely a woman. Well, I mean, I don't know how she identifies, but she was wearing a dress. Uh, That doesn't mean anything, does it? So it is hard, mate. (laughs) (laughs) A person wearing a dress and uh, a guy in lovely gardening hat, which always seems to be the Arabrot thing. Um, And um, yeah, it was uh, droney, really droney and really weird. And it was very odd in that I saw them two months ago and was really intrigued by them. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a really interesting band. I was quite excited to see them. And then I see a totally different side of them, which was not for me at all. Right. Having said that, massive respect to Arabrot because you do not know what to expect when you go and see them. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. I can't even tell you what of theirs I've heard, but I've definitely heard something. And I do remember just being like, hard work this it's definitely hard work i th- i think they're the kind of bands most bands you can get a, get a sense of what they are and what they do listening to two or three songs 
Arabrock feel like the kind of band that you have to listen to two or three albums mm. to get a sense of what they are and what they do. And I've got a lot of respect for that. That's fucking cool. But, you know, hard work. Um, Memory of Elephants. Do you remember we yeah, re- yeah, yeah, reviewed yeah. their album, mm-hmm. Beach Balling, a while ago? Mm-hmm. You really, really liked it. Yeah, it's a good record, that. It's been a good while since I've seen Memory of Elephants. Really nice to see them. Bristol Boys. Yeah, Bristol Collective. <laughs> What's your beef? No, 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 no. It was just, that was... Really, really bad. Right, Brazil? You went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you did what you thought those big thief fans were going to do to him. <laughs> uh, I just like Bristol, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, they played a fucking killer set. It was so nice to see them again. Uh, they did a really long, drawn-out, jammy version of the last song on their record, Tiles You're Dead, which is just every, every time I see it live. The It's a song which has um, the riff changes time signature in the most in the coolest fucking way pretty much every bar Mm. and it's 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 the absolute if people are like oh math rock music stuff can't be exciting or punky or feel energetic and great i would put tiles you're dead in their face and go this is why you're wrong and this is why instrumental you know and this is something that instrumental music can do that non-instrumental music can't and um, I just fucking love Memory of, Memory of Elephants and they were brilliant. It was one of the best sets I've ever seen. Yeah, I play. like that album. It's a good record. It's a great record. Mm. They're fantastic and I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend them. Who did I see next? Voden. Do you know anything about Voden? I know the name mm. and I probably, I feel like they're one of those bands who, I mean, I can't keep up a lot of the time mm. when you're throwing out these names, but I do feel like I recognise the name. But uh, off the top of my head, that's all I can tell you. They're normally a three-piece, um, fronted by an incredible vocalist. Um, she has this amazing range, just one of these, like, kind of like, uh, I feel like I'm just going to be saying this because she's a black woman and, and this this person I'm going to cite as a black woman. But has, Rusty Lee. <laughs> no. <laughs> has an element of skin to okay. her in her range and in her delivery and she's just fucking awesome and they use a lot of kind of tribal african sort of mm. aesthetics and so on and so forth in their music i've always been intrigued by Voden and have never kind of fully got on board and i've never really quite known why and i figured it out on saturday and I love everything that they do and I love the aesthetic and all that kind of thing. And I love the fact that it's more inclusive, bloody, bloody, blah. I just don't think they've written that many good songs yet. And I do say yet because I do think, I think one day they may well do because there are snippets here and there where you go, oh yeah, that's pretty good. They've, they've written three or four really good songs mm-hmm. over the course of two albums. But they once they hone it's not brilliant no but you know but once they hone their songwriting more and they either will or they won't but once they hone their songwriting and like they could be a massive fucking thing if they write the songs and i know they're capable of doing it because as i say they have two or three which are amazing but they just need to hone in on that and make them really good i cannot remember i feel like i've seen them now that you're explain them i feel like i can't remember where you may well have done i'm pretty sure i've seen them i have one of their records and it's called ascend and it's one of those albums that i go to occasionally and go i'm going to check out that voden record and see if it sticks with me and there are a couple of songs towards the beginning of that record which are fucking killer they are really interesting bands who who a lot of people are super excited about i think because of all the kind of 
inclusive elements and and the you know the fact that they have a lead singer who's fucking brilliant but also a black woman which mm. you do not see very often in rock music you mm. know you know and that is a wicked fucking thing and she is brilliant they just need to concentrate on writing fucking amazing songs which they are definitely capable of doing but it's they need a whole album with them right um come on wrap it up gold <laughs> always believe in your soul you're making this longer i know i am yeah I know. <laughs> do you know gold the band um no six piece from the netherlands post punky new wave dark vibes i think you would love a bit of gold yeah it sounds like my sort of thing yeah they were the band of the day for me by a long fucking shot. I was mesmerized by them. I was pretty pissed by this point, but I was absolutely mesmerized. I just thought they were fucking amazing. I have been aware of Gold for the last sort of three, four, five years. Every time they, they've got four albums. Last album's called Why Are You Laughing? They had another album called Optimist, um, which did fairly well in underground circles. They're just fucking wicked. Lots of 80s stuff in what they do. Um, yeah, post-punk, new wavy type of thing. Tiny bit of shoegaze chucked in there as well, but it is more new wave, post-punky kind of thing. I but like that. Because they have, um, they've got three guitarists um, and each guitar part is very simple and they're not doing an awful lot, but when it all comes together, it sounds fucking huge. I just, I found them absolutely mesmerizing and wonderful if we were continuing to do trade-off i would almost certainly give you um why are you laughing uh just because i know you'd love it um but instead I of giving it to you on trade-off can you just listen to it because you'll love it yeah yeah, yeah. it's fucking i'll, I'll have a listen to them they sound good they are Any fucking, of that, awesome. I'm fucking all over that you know it yeah you know i am Rimfrey. mammoth weed wizard bastard oh yeah um we reviewed their album last year both loved it um, not always the sort of thing I go for because it's quite sort of doomy in it. Mm. Um, and uh, I have a up and down relationship with Doom, but really fucking loved their album because it's all proggy and spacey and weird wappy vibes. A um, bit like early Monster Magnet style stuff. Plus their front woman just gives it a edge that those stonery doomy yeah, bands hooks. don't normally have hooks. hooks. Yeah. yeah, it's like Chelsea Wolf fronting Sleep. Is that fair? Mm. Yeah. I think that's all right. Um... I, but when I've seen them in the past, I've actually been a little bit disappointed, um, sometimes through no fault of their own, sometimes technical issues, sometimes because I've been completely flummoxed by their song choices. They were the best I've ever seen them this time around. I thought they were really, really fucking cool um, and really, really good. Um, it, yeah, it's odd that they're a hit and miss live because when I listen to them on record, I'm like, oh, this should be a no-brainer, fucking amazing. But mm. maybe I've just been unlucky. Um, I've only seen them once and uh, it was outdoors outside the old um, South Bank Centre. It wasn't great. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like shit, you know I mean? Well, I saw them at Lexington where they had really bad tech issues. So, you know, I'll, I'll give them a pass on that. But I saw them at Art Tangent and um, I was just really bored. But they didn't bore me at all at Chaos Theory. I thought they were fucking great. So, yeah, really like uh, the old Mammothweed Wizard Bastard. Um, finally, um, I stuck around for a couple of hours because I really wanted to see Teeth of the Sea. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, Teeth of the Sea, a band that I brought in and uh, their last album, Wraith. Uh, and um, I like it a lot, but I was really surprised at how much you liked it. Yeah, it was in my top 10, top 10 albums of the year. I thought it was your top 20, but maybe it was your top 20. Yeah, 10. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> 
you know, fucking amazing record, really difficult to sum them up. I mean, it is, you know, uh, rock music with a bit of electronic put into it, but that really doesn't go anywhere near jazz. Yeah. yeah. Lots of horns, lots of trumpet live and all that kind of thing. Really exciting amalgam. The closest I can think of a comparison, this is probably down to me not being, having enough knowledge in this stuff rather than, you know, this actually being a comparison. There's probably three trap tigers. But even that doesn't sound feel right. Yeah, them, but them them doing like fucking Charlie Parker and Aphex Twin at the same time, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And on good. record, I think they're fucking excellent. Mm. Fucking excellent. I'm very sad to report I was quite disappointed oh, by Teeth no. of the Sea Live. And I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it is because they just had too much. It wasn't on track. Because it was, um, there was a laptop on stage and it was obviously being, um, uh, you know, manipulated and, and, and triggered on stage. Mm. But a lot of it was electronic, pre-recorded stuff. Right. Um, and there were three pieces and I was under the impression, I, I, I didn't know that I thought one of them was a drummer, but they don't have any live drums. Oh. Uh, so all of the drums are... Mm done through a laptop and i think it makes such a mammoth difference i i gen i think they would go from being i mean i was i was pretty bored and disinterested after half an hour and you listen to a record like wraith and you go there's nothing that should be boring or disinteresting about this record no. live um and i think if they put a live drummer in i genuinely think it would make all the difference because i go to you know they are not the same but I go to see Three Trap Tigers live and it's one of the best. When I see Three Trap Tigers and they're on it, which most of the time they are, it's one of the best live experiences you can have. Like genuinely, it's fucking amazing. But Teeth of the Sea just don't... I just wanted more live energy rather than... It felt like 30% of what was coming through the PA was something that had been pre-recorded. I was really disappointed by that. Um, and it's such a shame because Wraith is a fucking wicked record. And yeah. I, I was listening to it a couple of times in preparation for listening to them. I was so excited about it. But no, it just I just didn't feel it at all. And and it is down to the fact that there's just so much on track. And I just, I just no, mm-hmm. stop it. But they are a brilliant band and they're really interesting. They were doing all the trumpet stuff live. I, I would have thought we talked about horns on rock music so much. I would have thought I would have got bored of it by now, but I'm fucking loving the brass on rock music. It's just great. Keep going with the old brass. Bloody good. Um, and all that was great. And they kept swapping instruments and stuff and they're fucking talented. You know, they, they're incredible musicians and they're playing bass and then guitar and then trumpet and then, you know, but without if you if you're not going to give me live drums I, you're going to bore the shit out of me and they did dude loves drums what dude loves say? drums uh oh well that's a shame i'm glad yeah. i'm kind of relieved i didn't go now i mean i fucked my back up i was i probably would have gone to it's just a shitter because i genuinely think they'd go from being a bit boring to potentially fucking amazing live if they yeah. just had live drums that's all it needs the album's excellent, though. The album's way. brilliant. The album's fucking great. Definitely check out Wraith. Yeah, do. Uh, right, let's do some reviews then. Let's start 
with Body Count. Carnivore is the name of the seventh record from Ice-T's rap metal crossover crew. The follow-up to the quite excellent Bloodlust from 2017. I never heard it, but I heard a lot of people, I think before Bloodlust came out, Am I being unfair when I say that Body Count were a bit of a punchline before Bloodlust came out? Is that unfair? Mm, uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think, you know, like their first album is... Self-titled. Self-titled. And, you know, it has got a couple of great songs on it. I mean, you know, it's got... It's, it's Cop got Killer, infamous Cop Killer. It's also got Body Counts in the house, which hasn't got a lot of lyrics to it, but it has just got Body Count, Body Count. Body count. That's a really, body count. That's a really good ice tea impression. Body count. Body count. Body, body, body count. <laughs> body count. I can't say the next word. I'm not even unfortunately. I can't say the next word. But anyway, it's very good. It's oh, that not word. a nice word. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, like, anyway. what? Cunt? We say <laughs> yeah. cunt all the time. And uh, I realised, no. But anyway, um, that's a, you know, it, it's good. And I... Uh, Remember when I was first getting into metal, they released an album. Uh, I think it's their fourth record. I can't remember what it's called now, but there's a song called "I Used to Love Her" on it, which is about O.J. Simpson, which is really <laughs> very, very distasteful. Okay, um, and very silly. And you should probably go and listen to it just to hear that. And then Body Count sort of vanished for a while. And it's a shame because Ice T as a as a rapper and Ice T's solo material is is really great like ice tea has got some fucking brilliant stuff but body count always felt to me like it was a bit of a sort of silly sideshow which is a shame because i i i thought you know he changes his persona changes quite a lot from his solo material to body count um that was something that i always found a bit odd about body count i thought well if you just did what you did normally in your solo material and got some fucking good riffs this could be absolutely wicked, but it kind of wasn't. Um, never... What's the difference? Because I've, I've only heard bits and pieces of Ice-T solo stuff. Uh, well, Ice-T solo stuff is, it's gangster rap, but it's very honest. And it's um, it, it's often talking about kind of genuine social issues. And it's... it seems, this might seem like a weird thing to say. It seems a little bit friendlier than Body Count though, because Body Count is very aggressive in your face. No, Am no, I, I being ridiculous? You by saying are that? being quite ridiculous. Yeah, righto. Ice T's solo material is, I mean, it's parts of it are more laid back. When we think of a song like, um, yeah, friendly is probably not the right word. Maybe laid back's a better word. Yeah, yeah, less aggressive is what I mean. Friendly is definitely not the right word, but less because because body count feels very like fuck you, mm. and and Ice T's more like from what I've heard, more like these are the problems with the world. Yeah. But body count is fuck and you. Lots of kind of autobiographical stuff. Um, you know, uh like that's how I mean that's how I'm living is one of the all time great hip hop songs for me. What an absolute fucking jam that song is. It's so brilliant. And it's you know, it's Ice T's kind of telling his life story as to how he became and yeah, he is a kind of cooler, laid back, more laid back version of the person you hear in body count, but it's still violent. He still talks about like, you know, I had to get on the street and hustle, I had to take you know, I take guns and I seen people get shot. And you know, obviously it's gangster rap, it's violent imagery. You can but say it, that stuff without being 
without doing it in an aggressive manner though can't yeah. you yeah yeah yeah. it's very matter of fact I yeah think. that's um, what i'm trying to get at. I, I, I didn't say it very well by saying friendlier yeah. but 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 yeah it's less yeah it's just less aggressive it less feels funny. realer yeah, feel realer. Yeah, That's it feels a word. A lot realer, um, and More there real. is a lot of sort of silly shit on a lot of the body count records, mm. which you know I think that is why a lot of people, and also musically, I don't think they kind of particularly when you got something like Rage Against the Machine that were coming out at that time. Yeah, that felt a lot more vital musically than Body Count ever did. Certainly, very simplistic Body Count, but you know, um, very much designed to get open and dap it up yeah and and i think it works and often very very enjoyable but i have to say you know when bloodlust came out i think the album before that is called manslaughter is that what the one before that came that came out in 2014 um which has got the fucking hilarious and brilliant talk shit get shot uh, on it which is great and it's got one of the best fucking music videos you will ever see oh yeah Uh, it's really really funny um and uh oh yes it was it was the single yeah it was a single it's not a great record but i remember hearing that and being like oh talk shit gets get shot is is really good um (laughs) and uh yeah the the video just cracks me up it's really funny um and uh but yeah it's it's kind of silly uh but i thought manslaughter was actually like legit pretty fucking good like you know do you mean manslaughter or do you mean bloodlust uh, but oh yeah, sorry, blood loss. Yeah, blood loss was actually legit, pretty fucking good. You know, there's some some really good songs on there, mm-hmm. and uh, it was probably the best body count album. Ah, I would say, including the self-titled. Yeah. Ah. Um. So that brings us to the follow-up to that record, Carnivore. Renfrey, I can tell that you probably from what you've just said already about ice tea and body count that you're not a massive fan of the band this is the first body count album i've heard in full i'm wow. aware obviously massively aware of body count how can you not be with the cop killer controversy mm-hmm. and all that stuff um apparently ice tea is an absolute gentleman oh he's great have you interviewed him yes i have in fact I have to tell you, I wasn't going to bring this up, but since you've done that, hey, I've done it. Uh, I think it's definitely worth <laughs> not to ruin his not to ruin his image or anything. But apparently, he's fucking lovely. The the one of the best things like when I was on a, when I was on Team Rock, we got the, who wants to interview Ice T. I was like, oh, absolutely want to interview Ice T. Cool. And they were like, it was for the Body Count um, album, Bloodlust, and. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Matt Stocks was my producer at the time. Mm-hmm. And they're like Matt was like, right, we got to call him at one one p.m. Right now, one p.m. UK time is about four in the morning LA, LA. time. Yeah. Right now, I don't know why I didn't clock this because obviously, normally if someone says like, oh, call him at like one p.m. US time, you go okay, right, well that will be like seven o'clock my time. But Matt just went okay, call one p.m right mm. so we waited around and called at one called ice tea at four, four o'clock in the morning in la and he's like yo who's this <laughs> and he's like oh it's <laughs> and he's like oh it's uh matt and it wasn't it wasn't me on the i was on the can so i could hear it but matt was actually speaking into the mic. was this live on the radio not live on the radio, okay, no, okay. No, it's pre-recorded um and matt was like oh it's um uh for your interview for team rock radio and he's like yo man 
It's four o'clock in the fucking morning here, man. What the fuck? <laughs> and Matt was like, oh, you're not supposed to? It's weird. Yeah, one o'clock LA time, motherfucker. <laughs> and Matt was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh shit. So we hung up and I was like, he's going to come and kill. He's going to kill us. He's going to have us killed. We're going to walk out of here. <laughs> the studio and we're gonna get fucking drive by from like his connections in London we're fucking dead I was like you moron you idiot and uh, so I went home and had to come back like seven hours later to do the call <laughs> And he was just the nicest fucking dude. Yeah. Did he, so he, nice. he mentioned it, surely. Yeah, he was like, yeah, you got the time right this time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Got the time right. And he, he said one of the best things. I was like, Ice, you've done so many things. You're a real renaissance man, doing body count, doing fucking your solo stuff. You've been, you're an actor and stuff. And he went, life, you don't guide it. You ride it. <laughs> fair, fair, man. I was like, what a fucking lad. So, yeah, I love iced tea. Uh, you I, know what? I, I, I love iced tea. I also, I saw iced tea at Reading, I think I've said this loads of times. I saw iced tea at Reading Festival in 1996 <laughs> on that amazing day that had the Prodigy and Resident Machine, Television Offspring, yeah. Weezer, Battle Surfers, like really, really great day. And iced tea was like slap bang in the middle of all of it, right? And, People started bottling him at the start, and it was like, nah, that ain't really. Him. Yeah, no one really knew any of his music. Yeah, but he did do. That's why I'm living. And he was like, and I was at the front, sort of watching it, and I was just like, wow, it's iced tea. And then he went, I walked to Crimshaw High. Let's see if y'all know it. And put the mic out, and I just went, it was fly. And he went, yeah, you fucking gangster. And then the music carried on. He heard me, iced tea, from my like 16 year old me on the barrier at an iced tea show. <laughs> Fucking great. Anyway, yeah, I see. What a lad. Lovely stuff. Um, so, yeah, he's a lovely man. But uh, so, wait, so, to answer sorry. your question, I don't really know. The, I don't, uh, you know, this is the first body count album I've heard in full. Um, I didn't come to this with a strong opinion one way or the other. I put it on the album review schedule because I knew you liked the last one a lot. And I figured we should probably cover it. What do you think? That's all right, isn't it? I mean, it's all right. It is, yeah. It's all right. Yeah, I, it's not <clears throat> as good as the last one. Okay. Um, it's not think. going to set the world on fire. No, it Let's isn't. be honest. It's 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 a it's a fun metal record. It's a fun metal record, which I think does the job that it wants to do well enough. Yeah. Um, it's thirty five minutes. Um, ten tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get a couple of negative things out of the way, so that we can. Amy Lee continue with the party. Person? No, okay. actually, but I w- but let's return to Amy Lee later. Mm-hmm. Every Body Count album, as far as I'm aware, has a cover on it. Is that correct? Uh, the last few have, yeah. The last few have, yeah. and you know what? Like, like, the, the one cool thing about this record, there's a couple of moments on it where Ice T just addresses y- you, the listener, on the and- Body Count album. We like to do a cover, <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, that personable nature of it i really liked i mean i i i really as someone who has you know admitted that they don't know anything about hip-hop and like isn't really a hip-hop fan i have to say i really like ice t's voice yeah i find ice t really listenable and i could listen to ice t rapping pretty much all day more or less and i like i feel like he comes at it from a 
slightly more intelligent viewpoint than many of his peers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and for someone who is generally not into that kind of thing, I actually, I really like Ice-T as a rapper. And I, I think, I generally think he's great generally um yeah he is man i i i, I yeah. really do like him. Yeah, yeah 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 um uh, uh there's a cover i i, I think the the sentiment of it and he explains at the beginning of the song that they want to pay tribute to someone to to, to to lemmy but they on everybody count album they try to pay tribute to someone who has inspired them and so on mm-hmm. and so forth and they try to pay they well they, they try to they want to pay homage to lemmy and they do a completely and utterly perfunctory cover of ace of spades mm-hmm. um and it's a lovely sentiment and it's a cool thing to do from that point of view is it's a waste of time on a studio record i think i think it's the kind of thing which either a should be a bonus track or b should be the kind of thing that you do as a homage live yeah um i think putting it as track four on your 10 track album is a bit of a waste of time as as lovely as the sentiment is a bit of a waste of time the other thing i would say is there's also a reworking colors, of yeah. colors mm. colors 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 yeah, which machine head colors covered, which machine had covered which was which was my introduction to colors mm-hmm. um a great cover yeah uh the machine head cover yeah it's good actually yeah. um and uh, I revisited the ICT version because I had heard it before and um, did a comparison. And it is the same, but with an electric with an electric guitar band. Yeah, I'm just, I just made myself sound like I knew nothing about this music yeah, with, with an electric guitar band on it. Heavy rock. <laughs> it's the same song but with with guitars on yeah. it and and drums and blah, blah blah and it's cool there's actually the bonus track which we don't have i've just seen on the internet there's a there's a cover of the uh the classic six in the morning uh there's a, re, a 2020 reworking of that as well oh, okay i don't know the which i haven't heard that okay. Um, okay. because we haven't got that version well again colors is track seven track six track six it's in the middle of the record so it's it's not it's not just like a cool bonus track thing it is very much kind of put on the record i mean it's the center you know debatably the centerpiece of the record yeah um and i again i just i was like this is cool but probably totally unnecessary really isn't it slightly more necessary than the ace of spades cut agreed cover, i would say agreed it's a kind of rocked up version of one of yep. his own songs at yep. least whereas no one's ever covering ace of spades and, and getting away with it yeah <laughs> frankly um but really i point those things out those two songs out purely because it's only 10 tracks long it's only 35 minutes if you take those two tracks away you're left with 28 minutes and eight tracks, yeah. eight songs. So eight original songs. So it's very, very slight what we're talking about here, really. Yeah. Isn't it? But um, you kind of want it to be, to be fair. I don't know yes. how much more of this I would want, to be perfectly honest. Like, I think there's a few great songs on there, a uh, few quite sort of memorable choruses. Another level featuring Jamie Jackson. Because I'm on another level! Yeah, it's great. Um, point of finger with Riley from Power Trip. I like that as well. Yeah, right here that is Riley good. Riley turns up and yeah. fucking does a hell of a job on that. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, I think um, No Remorse is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think the opening song Carnivore is pretty hilarious yeah like you yeah. know it's all a lot of kind of pc baiting yeah like i'm a fucking man i'm a fu- ice tea's a fucking man do you know what i mean it's mm. a lot it's a lot of that and if you don't like the idea of that i mean <laughs> they played download last year or the year before and people go 
he was going to, I, body counts fighting back against the pussification of man. And people were gonna, and people were like, I'm so offended. I, why is Ice-T not being cancelled? It's like, you're not going to cancel Ice-T. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not, like... Sort I just of love the like pussification of man. The, the, we're fighting back against the pussification of man. And it was like, that's really offensive. And it's like, well, you, you come to a body count show at Download, you fucking... <laughs> idiot like come on what exactly were you expecting um i can't help but raise a titter at um track three on this album bum rush rush. is that because i'm really immature yeah yeah yeah, i think so yeah Uh, he says bum rush a lot on on that song though that's very funny yeah i think uh when i'm gone featuring amy lee i don't really like that again i like the sentiments very nice like don't but it is like going it's basically saying thoughts and prayers on social media are bullshit. Actually, fucking speak to people while they're alive. Yeah, like the, the, the sentiment is purely um, uh, tell people you love them whilst they're still around before, but you know, which um, is a nice, which sentiment. is a lovely sentiment. Um, um, you know what? Aggressive way. <laughs> I, I, yeah, done in a very aggressive way. <laughs> I um, saw featuring Amy Lee and winced a bit and was like, oh god. And maybe, maybe it's purely because my expectations were low uh, for it. But I don't mind that song. I think it's pretty good. And actually, it recalled, of course, Evanescence, Evanescence's breakout hit, Bring Me uh, bring me Back to Life, Bring Me to Life. Bring Me to Life. Me to life. Um, you know, because it's got a, a hip-hop oh, edge to it, yeah. rapping in it, blah, blah, blah. And um, if you... It's better than that. Well, it's better than that. I mean, I think that I think "Bring Me to Life" is shockingly That's appalling, shit, yeah. but massive fucking hit. Yeah, but and and I think this is better, it's and only, this won't be only, a hit. "Bring but... Me to Life" is only fun if you sing um, "Wank Me Off" inside. <laughs> wank me off, wank me off inside, which is like really immature of me to think that. But very quickly, as an aside, there is a band called Wank who are releasing an album called White Knuckle Ride, uh, which is coming out in the next couple of months. And we've had a bit of a conversation behind the scenes as to whether we're going to review this record or not. I know nothing about it, but ladies and gents, should we review this album based on the name alone? We didn't review Cunts. We didn't review Cunts by Cunts, um, but maybe we should have, you know, just get in contact with us and let us know if we should review Wank White Knuckle Uh, Ride. Yeah, fine. Um, (laughs) I I don't really have anything else to say about this. Well, no, neither do I. It's another body count (laughs) album. It's quite a good body count album. It's not as good as the last one. The covers, like you say, are not really that necessary. Uh, It's quite funny. Yeah. Like in parts, it's got some good choruses, stomps around quite a lot. Yeah, it's all right, and it? it's pretty good. Yeah, Body I... Count are not ever going to be the best band ever, but that's why Aww. that's why the last one with Bloodlust was such a sort such of, a surprise. Is it, it's not Bloodlust, is it? It is Bloodlust. Blood so you keep yeah. getting this one. Yeah, that's it. Bloodlust. It's, it's um. That's why Bloodlust was such a. What's the other one called then? Manslaughter. Manslaughter. See. <laughs> then there's Murder uh, for Hire, which is very clever because it's the fourth one. Mm. Great. Yeah. I mean, that's the level we're talking about, isn't it? We, yeah. We're talking about five-figure death punch level in a way. We are really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, but again, it just kind I of. I take fits. this. I take it, this over five-finger death punch, but we are. That is kind of what, the, over the, the last le- week's five-finger death punch record. Do you think this is better than that? I don't think it is. No, I don't. But I would take this over it. I prefer it because I like Ice T and I don't like Ivan Moody. Well, you were fucking loving Ivan Moody's melodies last week. Ivan Moody's uh, Ivan Moody's great at writing melodies, but I don't like him. But iced tea, I'd like I'd love to have an iced tea with iced tea. 
All right, good. Um, well, anyway, <laughs> Carnivore is out now. It is uh, the new album. Body Count. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. It's fine. Apparently, my "It's fine" has become quite infamous amongst yeah. our, our listeners. I, I think it's better than "It's fine," but you know, it's stompy fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's always good. It's good. Yeah, all right. It's out now. It's all right. Uh, let's move on <laughs> to uh, JDFR. The album is called New Dreams. Um, JFDR. JFDR. Sorry. Um, you will. JFDR. Be. So this is. Jodifer, oh god! Oh uh, wow, you're going to attempt it. Fair play. Uh, uh, Jodifer Akadotti, aka JFDR, is a very prolific Icelandic singer-songwriter. Yeah, so, massive apologies to anyone from Iceland. I'm very sorry. That's probably very, very badly pronounced. This is either her second full-length album or her millionth record i don't really know she's got it's it's her second full-length solo album yeah uh i'm not going to count all the other bands because she yeah as you say she's been incredibly prolific she's been very prolific over the years renfrey you uh brought this in and also sent me some long ass thing to read about her which i have to confess i didn't read Um, unbelievable um i sent you sorry to having a job i've got a job that i have to do can't just be sitting there like what are you doing oh i'm reading this really long article about some obscure icelandic singer uh during work hours yeah 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 i am yeah um jfdr came onto my radar when um i saw an article in the line of best fit where she had well sorry where björk björk had uh, named her as a massive inspiration, which I just think, I mean, instantly it just made me go, okay, well, that's interesting immediately. And I was like, this is something that we should probably cover on that Mm. basis alone. Yeah. Uh, Should we not? Um, And I did listen to her first album and I have to admit it was, I'll say it was so long ago. I mean, it was only three years ago, but I, 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 I remember enjoying it, but then never particularly going back to it. Not necessarily because it wasn't any good, but just purely out of there was a lot of stuff that mm. was coming out three years ago. This is when I was at the Independent. But um, yeah, I think she's an interesting artist that should be talked about in a kind of, well, what does she do? Ambient uh, avant-garde pop. Yep. Do you think that's fair? I think so. Yeah. Um, and if I mean, Bj- we were speaking Bj- about uh, Agnes Obel uh, two weeks ago, I was wondering if Agnes Obel was good, would come up, and I was going to, um, yeah, okay. Do you think Agnes Obel's a good comparison? I mean, I, I I think it's a comparison. I definitely think it's a comparison. I think it's a comparison. I don't think it's necessarily. I mean, this to me, it it grabbed me quicker than the Agnes Obel record. Really? Yeah, it did. Wow, I would um, go the other way around. Oh, fine. really? Yep. Okay. Most definitely. There was, I mean, I think knowing that stuff about Bjork maybe uh, helped me a little bit. Okay. I can hear um, bits where I go, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Bjorky. Bjorky. <laughs> whatever that <laughs> is. Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever that whatever is. Whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. actually, you know, um, Bjork's debut record, which is just a fucking stunningly brilliant record self-titled self-titled um, no it's called debut isn't it it's actually called debut i think you're right yeah yes sorry um that is a, i love that record and that has moments of uh quite ambient and quite difficult passages in it but um she has a really obviously has a brilliant 
way of using her voice to kind of tease you in and mm. there's, there's some similarity there's definitely some similarities between that and this i'm not comparing this record to a record of a quality of debut by bjork I, you can I, see the connection but though. i can definitely mm. see the connection whereas i probably can't see the connection quite as much between not that there is any connection between bjork and agnes obel but i think um having that as a uh, as a sort of counterpoint for it having that as a sort of reference point an initial reference point probably helped me get into this record a bit quicker yeah i definitely think um you've hit on a really good point there in the terms of uh this is an album that well it's the complete opposite of body count in the sense that body count is up in your face up in your grill all the time straight away and this album entices you in in a far more subtle way it's almost as if you have to go to it rather than it comes to you Mm. you know it's like i'm here and you can come and listen if you want but if you don't want to that's fine i'm just gonna keep whittling away in the background um and it, it did take me a couple of listens before anything really sunk in and and hit oh, i yeah. think listening to this record on headphones helped immensely because it felt a little bit um it's ethereal and wafy and we we review a lot of this stuff and love a lot of this stuff uh i think we both have a soft spot for this ethereal wafy yeah female singer songwriter stuff um but it was almost sort of too ethereal for me initially because it I just wasn't grasping onto anything and then listening to it with headphones the subtle of the subtleties of it just having the sound actually around my ears see i've not had a chance i got obviously i got this quite late mm. um and i've not had a chance to listen to it on headphones yet it's um, a lovely headphone record yeah i'm sure i mean actually <clears throat> one of the things i said about the agnes Obel record if we are gonna continue to make i mean you know just so people have yeah i understand i understand i would say um that has well that just has less vocals on it I mean, I think I said at the time, you know, she's not, she doesn't put herself at the front of that record, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite unusual for a solo artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously she does do all the sort of instrumentation on that record as well. Um, I didn't feel like that, you know, that her voice was, no, not that I was about to say that it wasn't the most, imp- I, I don't think it is actually, potentially isn't the most important thing on that record. Uh, whereas The Agnes Elba one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I feel like all the best parts of it are her vocals in the main i agree yes in the main i agree i think the difference is that there are um comparisons to be made with agnes elbel but the differences are agnes elbel is far closer to a neoclassical kind of realm yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas this is very, pop, this, this is pop music yeah. it's just avant-garde mm. uh ambient pop music mm. um and generally um really good i think generally very yeah good it's a nice record music. i think it's it's a, yeah it's a very i nice think it's record. a nice record i think mm. there's some really cool songs <laughs> on it I I really don't know how much I love it or how much I'm going to return to it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. But then there are some songs, Think Too Fast is a fucking wicked song. It's got some really wicked kind of pizzicato kind of strings which are played on ah, an Eastern instrument, I'm going to say. There's an Eastern flavour to it, which just makes it sound really cool. And it's just mixed with this more western pop vibe to create something quite special unusual. and unique and unusual yeah, yeah yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit here and go oh it's 
the most unique thing I've ever heard, but it, but it is quite unusual and quite different. And, and um, I think the last song drifter is really beautiful. And I was going to say, I think it, it, it ends very strongly. I think, I think it's yeah. a song called shimmer and then there's like yeah. a two minute long, uh, like a well, under two minute long song. And then it ends with drifter. Um, and that kind of three as the album closer, yeah. because a problem I have a lot with some of these records is not that this is particularly long, but no, it's you know, f- it's I like being, you know, it's much easier for me. I feel like I'm the sort of person that I can get battered around by something like body count for far longer than I can just be kind of tickled by something a little I bit. I like being tickled. I know you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I actually really enjoyed the sort of the latter part of this record. I actually think the latter part of it is stronger. Uh, I, yeah, I might agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think I it sounds like we're kind of on the same same level yeah, of viewpoint. Yeah, like I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I think this is a really nice record, and it's nice to bring in something from the pop world, which is genuinely a little bit different, challenging. Um, yeah, uh, well, not even challenging. I mean. Is it challenging? I'm not sure. In the realm of pop music, it is. it probably is, yeah. In the realm of pop music, it is. I don't think, you know, compared to Sightless Pit, it's not challenging in the slightest. Mm. But in the, yeah, in the realm of pop music, this is challenging. Yeah. Mm. I guess it is, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, Yeah, I mean, again, I don't have that much more to say about it than that. It's kind of the anti-body count, really, isn't it? (laughs) The anti-body count, yeah. Yeah. It's a lovely, subtle, avant-garde pop record with an Icelandic, uh, Nordic bent to it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? I think if you've got a... um, I think for both the albums we've already spoken about, if you love big, meaty, heavy, hard guitar music you're probably just going to be kind of genetically predisposed to enjoy body count, whether or not you think it's actually good or not. And I think if you like um, Scandinavian, wistful, sort of crystalline post something music, you're probably going to enjoy listening to this. Which I do. Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not you think either of them are the best versions of that thing. Yes. Yes. uh, It's going to be debatable. But I think if you are sort of emotionally connected to those styles yes then yes. you will get something and i uh, yeah agreed and i and i don't think and whilst i am predisposed to that yeah the nordic uh, strange ethereal stuff uh i don't think this is the best of the bunch and i think there are I better agree. ones out there whilst i think the agnes obel uh, comparison isn't is slightly surface level i understand the comparison and I, like for me I I think Agnes Elbel is a, a league or two ahead of this, but I still really like this. Yeah, I think mm, probably a league ahead of it. I, I, I this think is I'm more likely. <laughs> I've learned I, something. Yeah, it's not mid league. I I think I'm I'm probably more likely to try with the Agnes Obel record again than I am. With yes. This. Oh, I've I've already turned. I mean, I fucking love Agnes Obel, but I've already returned to the Agnes Obel al- album a few times. Yeah. But you're right. It is different types of music. I think it's yeah. very different. Type of music. I think it's, it's like you say, it's surface on the surface. Yes. But yeah, it's pop music versus something which is not really pop. Music. Yeah. But they both have that Nordic flavor, which is yeah. where the comparison comes in, isn't it? It's that Scandinavian Nordic. Scandinavian rather than Nordic. Uh, Scandinavian. Because yeah. neither of them are Norwegian. 
That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Scandinavian. I do mean Scandinavian. What the yeah. fuck am I talking about? Yes. Thank um, you. Yeah, there you go. Um, so there you go. Uh, that's New Dreams by uh, JFDR, which I think will probably be the only um, uh, review of that record where it is um, compared to body the count. new Body Count record, I would imagine. I don't know. We'll have to see what Pitchfork say. That's but, what you listen to the show for. Yeah, it is. Uh, right, up next, My Dying Bride, uh, The Ghost of Orion. It is the 13th studio record by the yorkshire doommongers and founding one of the founding members of the peaceville three uh who we spoke about a few weeks ago when we were chatting about paradise lost uh, paradise yeah. lost being my favorite of the three anathema being your favorite of the three yeah poor my dying bride poor my dying bride, poor yeah. my dying bride. you say 13th um and i would have said 13th as well because one of their records um is sort of a reworking compilation kind of thing but but just just to point out um, the vocalists uh, of this band in the um, press notes did actually call it their 14th record. So, Fair you know. Enough. All right, well, he'd know better than me, wouldn't he? Yeah, no, yeah. No, but no, norm- normally I would have agreed with you it's 13th, but fuck it, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, My Dying Bride, Renfrey, uh, I have to say, um, My Dying Bride are not really a band for whatever reason, just because you can't listen to all the bands. I'm not really a band that I've ever delved in too deeply on. Damn it. I was hoping that uh, it, we're on the same wavelength this week. We are. A lot. Yeah, because I'm exactly the same and for exactly the same reasons. It's not that I have any aversion to them. I like many uh, of their contemporaries, um, like Anathema and Paradise Lost and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, just due to time... <laughs> and the fact that you just can't listen to fucking everything yeah even though i knew that i probably would like some mind I, my some my well, dying bride stuff i just haven't ever really this is this is the first time i've listened to an entire record right okay well for what it's worth um the angel in the dark river from 1995 i don't know if this is considered a classic or considered their best record by anything all i know is my mate said that's really good you okay should listen to that and i listened to it and it is a really good record. That's a really good record. Okay. But he said to me, he's like, I don't think you need to bother with anything else that they've ever done. But bear in mind, this was, he's got really weird taste in music. And this is like 2006, 2007 that he said that to me. So they've actually probably released about four or five, this would be like six album after that period in their career well their last record feel the misery was um i was like that vaguely rings a bell and then i brought it up on wikipedia and looked at the album cover and i was like oh that record it was really critically lauded like Mm. people really really liked it haven't listened to it i did want to listen to it before doing this review but didn't get time but um yes that that was definitely very well received critically uh and i assume amongst their fan base as well um so yeah a very well respected band they're 30 years old this is their 30th year Mm. um they have been through an awful lot recently do you know much about the background of this record oh okey dokes strap yourself in um so it comes five years after their last record feel the misery uh it's the longest wait between records in their career uh, and it's a testament to the most turbulent point of their career as well, having nearly broken up in the process of writing this record. Reasons being, uh, their vocalist Aaron Stainthorpe's five-year-old daughter was diagnosed with cancer in late 2017. He put the band on hold, as you would, and they cancelled all shows. Uh, guitarist Andrew Crahan, 
uh, pressed on completely alone, writing music in <clears> isolation, <throat> not knowing if it would ever see the light of day. Uh, thankfully, in 2018, Aaron's daughter got the all clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron slowly considered picking up the pieces of the band and the record, which it transpired Andrew had written pretty much completely in isolation. In 2018, returning original member and guitarist Calvin Robert Shaw texted his departure to the band, interestingly, effective immediately. No reason was given or explanation provided. Uh, Then, just as my dying bride had regrouped after positive news that his daughter was effectively cancer-free, returning drummer Sean Taylor Steele's departed right before the band was slated to enter the studio. So they've had a lot of upheaval in their personal life Mm. as well as a lot of upheaval in the band life as well, Um, which, you know, undoubtedly, I'm sure, has had a massive effect on this record and all that sort of thing. Um, I listened to this record two or three times before I knew that stuff. Um, And I will be honest, I didn't pick up that there was anything, you know, particularly sort of traumatic, but... The reason for that is because this is a doom band. I was going to say it's quite <laughs> difficult to go. Oh, you should listen to the new my new the new my dying bro because they sound really unhappy and there's something really traumatic. It's like, well, exactly. that's what they sound like. Exactly. It? So it's so so that that's that's not a criticism per se. Um, uh, but but I will say I didn't pick up on those things with with the record alone. However, knowing those things, it definitely put the record into perspective a lot more and did make me tune in to a lot of the things oh, right, okay. the epi- See, i've not been able to do that of course of course, of course. yes yes um oh, sorry that's why you should read the press notes mate. <laughs> 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 press don't need to be fair fucking press notes. you should read the fucking press notes fucking press notes yeah sometimes you should to be fair sometimes you should yeah i mean uh, sometimes it's a total waste of time but yeah, sometimes like it's actually often fine. Like 99% <laughs> of the time um yeah okay well oh god uh, that's a shame. Oh no! Are you going to be? Where you going to well, be nasty? This. I, I mean, the, th- the thing with my dying bride is, like I say, the Angel of the Dark River is an album which I like. Um, it's really the only one that I've properly bothered with, and it, it, only because it's never grabbed me. Like, there's a couple of Anathema albums that I really like. There's a lot of Paradise Lost albums that I really like. I feel like we shouldn't just constantly compare, compare them, them to, to other those bands. two bands because obviously, you know, like you say, they're a doom band and. Well, the, what I have managed to ascertain is the difference with My Dying Bride. And I do think it is a big one. It's the one that I didn't pick up on immediately, but after a couple of listens I did. They've got a violinist. Yeah. And the strings on this record, once I tuned into them, are fucking great. I love them. I love the strings on this album. They're really beautiful. Like, really beautiful. I think that does give them a little bit extra. It does. Uh, My Dying Bride. I do think that. I just it's it's such a difficult type like i don't know what it is i just find this such a difficult type of music to get because it's a it's a certain type of doom isn't it it's a pitch black bleak type of doom it's not that kind of sandy american doom it is it's a very british type of doom yeah it really is and it's and which is why anathema and paradise lost keep coming up in this review yeah but there's just something very british about it as well i mean cathedral Cathedral. um electric wizard i mean electric wizard are more kind of i don't think this is yeah i don't think this is electric wizardy no it's not i mean i mean it's just that's i think that's my problem with my dying bride it's just like it is so bleak and it is so dense and it is so just like emotionally fucking draining do you know what i mean like mm. i could just it just i just I, I feel like and it's 
obviously what it's designed to do. It completely drains me of all my energy, this record. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I mean, given the subject matter, fair play. Yeah. You know, <laughs> to be to I be mean, fair not, not even again you know not even given the subject matter yeah. given the type of band they are yeah 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 that yeah. is yeah, yeah, usually yeah. the effect i mean mate again the one album there's that i listen to on the very 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 rare it's a very rare occasion i listen to my time bride and i listen to that record, but it will be that record the angel of the dark river and that's a miserable miserable fucking mm. horrible record really this record took me a couple of listens at least um the first couple of listens i was a bit like well i mean some people are gonna go mad at this first couple of listens i thought if you had told me that this was the new paradise lost album i i wouldn't have been able to tell the difference do you know what i mean that i I felt like the sound was so close um, I would have been surprised if it was the new Anathema record, but that's just because Anathema have taken a totally different direction to yeah. this doomy stuff now. Um, but the more I listened to it, the more that the differences did come to... I mean, as I say, it was really honing in on the, on the strings that made me go, actually, there is something different here. It gives it a bit more of a sort of folky vibe, actually, which is very buried mm-hmm. because you it's not immediately apparent that it's there. But um and and yeah I, I i i do have to admit there was a big switch sometimes you sometimes you listen to a record then you read the press notes and you discover that it's there's far there's way 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 more to it than you actually initially realized yeah. but it still doesn't make a difference because you're like well yeah but musically i'm just not interested in it. it it was like a switch for me uh because i i quite liked it before i knew what it was about but then having the context put on top of it as well it, it just i wasn't resonating with it emotionally and then as soon as i knew what it was about it i i, I really was and i found it really beautiful and i got even quite teary during moments and it wasn't even teary during the vocals it was actually more the strings mm. which were making me because there's the, these beautiful kind of almost celtic melodies and i just i fuck it, there's something about celtic music which just gets me here i'm hitting me heart yeah um it really like you know gets me in the gut and there's a couple of really cool experimental things on this album there's a song right in the middle of it called the solace which features a guest vocal from lindy fay heller from wardruna and all the solace is is five minutes of a guitar a, a few layered guitars on top of one another being played through i believe some form of reverb uh with her singing over the top but it's a really it's really beautiful and it's quite an unusual avant-garde move the sort of thing that you'd expect more from a from the, the lighter side of a swans or yeah. something like that or a jarbo kind of thing um yeah that that was the main time my ears pricked up yeah throughout the whole yeah 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 i have to be honest but I it's was, i was gonna say that i i like i say it's quite draining this record um it's quite dirty feels like a kind of oasis in of of a bit of i mean brightness is not really the right word because it's still no, quite it's, it's quite a dark fucking rain, <laughs> but it still was like a slightly different kind of flavor and, and the strings as well you know the strings yeah. do add add to it i think but overall i mean it's just it's hard man it's, it's hard pretty... when you're not i mean something like you know after sightless pit last week i mean it feels like that is far harder a record but yeah i 
you know, I like that type yeah. of thing. And it's a very different thing. Yeah. Uh, it's hard in a different way. Um, this is quite dirgy, but I think, you know, sometimes, like, we've had this record for a little while, but because we have records coming left, right and centre, we're not always able to give stuff um, a, a listen. You know, I mean, th- there's some records that, the moment we get them we start listening to them because we're really super excited about them because my dying bride i don't think are a massive band on either of our radars we probably started listening to this about a week ago i'd guess um and maybe i think sometimes maybe records uh work for you when you're you need to be in the right mood for a record and if in the last week you haven't wanted to listen to a sort of beautiful doomy dirgy doom record then it might not work for you but you might go in six months time go i'm gonna wait that my dying bride album on and it might just hit it might just resonate Mm. because you're in the mood for it but because we've had you know because we have had this longer than a week nuclear blast hello claire um shout out claire because those guys are brilliant yeah but you know some if you're not in the mood for it i can totally understand how this can be just a total kind of dirge fest and yes suck the life out of you but i had to work at it but the more the more i put into it the more i got out of it i would say and i actually think that potentially this is a brilliant record but i haven't quite dug my fingers into it enough to know that for a fact yet or not i think it's got I think it ta- tailors off a bit towards the end, I think, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Um, maybe that might just be, it's 56 minutes. It's quite long. Just quite long for this sort of thing. Eight I've, tracks in 56 minutes. Eight tracks, yeah. A couple of the songs around the 10 minute mark. Um, and I definitely think it's, I, I think it starts, uh, yeah, I do, I, I do think it starts to get just a little bit, maybe it's maybe it isn't even a quality dip maybe it is just because it's quite long but then all of their albums yeah yeah, fatigue all their albums are around the hour mark you know they're all quite long um so i think it just depends if you have the kind of constitution for this sort of thing and i've you know admitted several times that doom i'm very particular with my doom very particular like i mean you mentioned them electric wizards one of the most respected doom bands in this country never got on with them at all at, like in the slightest you know so they've got some albums i really like but anyway that's not, yeah. not to talk about them. Anyway, think, there you go but i think there's something here potentially but maybe it, you just need to listen to it when the mood strikes you yeah, if that makes sense enough. okay well that is uh the uh the ghost of orion by my dying bride um which is out now yeah i mean if you're a fan <laughs> i you said it better than me renfrey i think you know like there probably is something here uh, I I find it very difficult to review these albums when I'm just not on board with it. I'm just not on board with it. I would love to know. I was kind of hoping that you would have more knowledge of My Dying Bride. Um, and obviously we're in a bad position here because we've got two people who don't. But um, I, anyone who is a fan of My Dying Bride, I'd really love to know where this sits in your opinion in the Pantheon because I think it's a pretty decent record. I think it's I think it's really good. As I said, for me, it tailors off towards the end. Um, but I, I think I think there's some really good stuff here. Um, but yeah. Good. 
Right, well, uh, last that album. That was one of the best reviews we've ever done. Yeah. Uh, no Good to Anyone. The new album by today is the day. It's the 11th studio album by the Texan Noise Terrorist. This is a bit more of me. Uh, I love Today is the Day. Temple of the Morning Star and In the Eyes of God are essential noise records from yeah. the late 90s. Uh, Steve Austin, not the wrestler, is. Not Stan Cold. Not saying kind of Steve Austin, just Steve Austin produced uh, the debut Lamb of God's record, New American Gospel. Did he produce it as well? I think so, yeah. Because he's so my introduction to today is the day was the uh, was New American Gospel, the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. the first Lamb of God record has burned the priest. Don't at us, I don't care. Um, because he does guest vocals. Uh, on one of the songs i can't remember it now it's gone out my face yeah he does story mate (laughs) unbelievable i've been holding that stifling that yawn uh for ages um but yes um anyway so and that was and i and i was like track four track five something like that on new american gospel brilliant fucking record yeah uh and his vocal performance on that record is bonkers yeah he's fucking angry that guy yeah <laughs> you he's think you think so Stephen hill's angry, angry. steve austin's fucking i saw angry. them playing uh temple of the morning star in full a couple of years ago i think conjurer supported him actually Lovely. First of all, conjurer um at the boston music room and the dude had veins coming out of veins in his forehead oh, wow. he was furious veins and out of veins like vein popping out on top of other veins it was it was brilliant and he's got quite a lot to be furious about um which you would know if you'd read the press notes of course you haven't i haven't uh, read the press notes obviously uh, <laughs> but well he's, he's always got seems like he's got something to be fucking angry about because they're an angry angry band true true um but in this case he's had to deal with homelessness abandonment and the ever-changing and fickle nature of the music business mm. um this might—I—I I, I don't want to—I don't want to gloss over this or or or, or um, uh, oh god, what am I trying to say? I don't want to make out that I'm uh being facetious about this, but but another thing which has affected this record is his dog dying. Um, but I and I do bring it up because it is actually—it's actually um he, he, he oh where was it? He was misdi—he was misdiagnosed with a, a massive inflammatory issue. Uh, and was given medicine that could have killed him. And then his dog of three years had to be put down due to Lyme disease, which he later discovered that he'd also contracted. Um, It's worth... Oh, God. And he was also in a severe accident crash when his van... uh, Van crash, sorry. Accident. Fucking hell. Let's do that again. And he also suffered from a severe van accident. That's that. I've just worded that badly, haven't I? He... He was in that he was in an accident whilst driving his van. Yeah. <laughs> when it flipped upside down. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at my awful communication skills. Yeah. And it slid for several yards and it caused multiple injuries to him. I mentioned his dog passing away because it's actually directly um, uh, referenced in possibly my favourite song on the album, which is Cali. <sighs> Which is absolutely the which is, funnily enough, the most un today is the day song. Really interesting, brave move. So today's mm. the day. Oh, I feel like we, we. I feel like we've missed out a whole load of preamble. How do you sum up today is the day, Stephen Hill? You said noise rock, which is not inaccurate, and yet only gives a very 
I mean, when I, when I think of nice noise rock, I think of lightning bolt. And today's the day do not sound like lightning bolt. Okay, well, more like unsane, I would say. I mm-hmm. mean, to me, they're a kind of they are an extreme hardcore, an extreme experimental hardcore band, I guess. And it, I think with the key, the key, the key word, the key, the word in bold there and highlighted with multiple highlighter pens, there is experimental because um, I. I have never known how to accurately uh, sum up today is the day and what they do and describe what they do, uh, which, by the way, is a very fucking good thing and one of their massive strengths. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I had a look at um, fans uh, also like the fans also like section on Spotify. Yeah. Um, and bands listed included Burnt by the Sun, Old Man Gloom, Coalesce, Pig Destroyer, Ken Mode, Unsane, Godflesh, Neurosis, Botch, Gaza, Oxbow, Cave-In, and Agrophobic Nosebleed. That was just a selection of them. All of which I'm like, yes, but at the same time, all of which sound pretty fucking different from one. Yeah, like, yeah. Cave-In and Pig Destroyer, yeah. both extreme bands in lots of ways, but pretty different, you know. Yeah. And I think Today is the Day r- really run the... Uh, uh, the gauntlet of, of of how broad extreme music can be this record particularly mm. this is a really broad record definitely yeah i i mean i i would be a liar to say that i've listened to every single today is the day record because i haven't um i've listened to enough though i think to yeah. know they've got 11 records they have now got 11 records, i didn't yeah. realize they had that many no, I, 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 I thought it was around half a dozen but yeah, yeah I, mean, 11 I records. was under the impression they'd split and then they'd come back and there'd been a big gap but it appears that yeah so it was over there actually yeah, yeah um but yes uh i mean particularly kind of getting into them around the same time as i got into i mean that they were on it was sort of around the same time as i got into neurosis i think they were on that that there was a that re um, relapsed 2.0 sampler, which I've mentioned a few times, which had mm-hmm. the two double disc relapse record sampler, had fucking everything on it. But today is the day we're on it, and um, and that was my sort of first introduction to them. And yeah, getting into kind of when I was getting into sort of calculating Infinity Era, Dillinger, and Neurosis, and Converge, and all that kind of stuff, they were just another exciting band doing something which was kind of uncharacterizable and unattainable uh, yeah yeah to, to my ears as a like 20 year old kid who'd mostly been listening to new metal and pop punk for the past sort of five years previous to that but, but even a band like dillinger who i fucking adore i can vaguely sum up as uh massy hardcore, massy hardcore. Yeah. i mean i mean you know that that you know vaguely. obviously vaguely yeah but today is the day i just i i you need a, at least a couple of sentences to sum up everything that they do. And not only that, but this is one of the broadest from, the, from really the ones that broad. I've heard. I mean, particularly Cali, you brought up Cali, which is yes, like, which I want to get back to fucking such a, which is a great song. And I literally did go, Oh yeah, they're pulling a, I mean, a, a swans from the leaving meaning. It's the a, last swans album. It, it's, you know, it's a folk song in the middle of a really dirgy heavy sometimes hardcore style record and it's fucking beautiful it's it's the centerpiece it's the centerpiece of the record and i thought it was beautiful before i knew what it was about when i knew when i found out what it was about his dog passing away i mean the the lyric you know i am uh i can't remember the exact lyrics but it is basically she waits for me at the window waiting for me to return 
she smiles. She's so happy that I'm yeah. back. And it's just like, knowing that that's his it's dog. Felt, it's it, just, it felt so out of place. On yeah. The, like, in the, de- in, a, in the you know, the Today is the Day back catalogue. Like, I loved that about it. I loved that. Not only is it a, like you say, a kind of folksy acoustic ballad, but also it seemed to be about loads of positive things mm, for mm, the most mm. part. Like, which is... Do you think it's out of place on this record? Well, I think it's out of place for them entirely really like to be that po- it was it's it's a positive i mean the fact that do you mean this in nice a positive stuff, way though i mean it in an absolutely yeah, 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 positive right, right, way right, okay. like who could have seen that coming i know I, I i didn't at all and i think it's a really out of place to me connotes negative i think which is the only reason i picked you up yeah. on it because because i think i think uh, summing up this record is in a few words is fucking impossible it, it, i mean the, the 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 first song the title track is sort of seven and a half minute dirge which kind of uh weirdly never kind of peaks it feels like it's building to something constantly and it feels like a fire that's just constantly crackling um, i and, think they do that very very well yeah there's they, a kind of keep you on that that and on this album and historically yeah today's a day a band who i think keep you on uncomfortable tent yeah for such like excruciating amounts of time yeah it's brilliant and it never really quite explodes which Mm. should be a negative i suppose but i don't mean it as a negative no i don't think it's a negative either Uh, i think it's just like that's something that they're really really good at doing yeah again you know this is we said about my dying bride and how uncomfortable it is this album is is uncomfortable as well but it's just in a totally different way we we prefer to have this kind of you know destructive um like sadistic almost sense of you know, uh, whatever this is. Well, like, again, well, I can't even kind of it is quite those, find the word. It is those things, but at the same time, I'm I'm reluctant to use those words because I don't want to put because uh, so much of this is surprisingly listenable as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, uh, yeah. If you if you if you took, I mean, Callie sounds like Callie sounds like something that Sunkill Moon would do or something like that. Mm. You know, it's really it's really fucking beautiful. Uh, there are little gaps of like i mean what there's a song was it orland which is like so it's 31 seconds yeah, long and yeah there's bits where everything just kind of simmers and slows and and goes down and then kind of re rebuilds into a a fury it, it feels like it feels like at what kind of they often feel like which is somebody absolutely at their wits end yeah like yeah, lashing yeah, out and yeah. then getting tired and then lashing out again yeah yeah uh, which is great, yeah. You know, for people like us who like, who do like these kind of noisy, cathartic, angry journeys, mm. as opposed to like well, I think what my dying bride is just a sort of really overwrought, difficult, heavy record, like kind of emotionally really quite heavy. This is emotionally heavy as well. I, I think a, it's hard to differentiate the two. We've just been saying sonically, this goes to way more places yeah, than my dying that, bride. That's what it is. I yeah. don't think my like. I don't want to make out that the My Dying Bride record is narrow because I don't think it is. I mean, compared to a five-figure death punch, it's fucking the broadest thing ever. We reviewed it last week, and it's a good example. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, but but this fucking yeah, one moment it sounds like Sunkill Moon, the next it sounds like Dillinger Escape Plan. It's mm. fucking mental. 
but in a brilliant, glorious way. I, I think this is an excellent record. Yeah, it's really good, man. It's 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 really good. It's, uh, it's they di- are really good, though. It's difficult with Today is the Day because I... Uh, I sort of started saying the story like I got into them via the new, new American gospel record and I picked up a today's the day record. I can't even remember which one it was. I think it's pain as a warning was the right. first one I got. Okay. Well, okay. Fuck me. That's quite late. Yeah. Quite late on. And, um, I couldn't hear the Steve Austin that I heard on that song from a new American gospel on pain as a warning. I, could, yeah. I couldn't, I was like, I was really confused. I was just like, and it just turns out that he's just incredibly adept at doing loads of different things. Mm. And another thing, like I've already mentioned the Spotify playlist that we do every week, but I, I kind of put these Spotify playlists together and I choose two songs from every album that we talk about or band that we talk about. And I, tr- every time I try to, I try to sum up the record in just two songs. This is probably the album that we have reviewed, which will be the most difficult album to sum up in just two tracks. Because mm-hmm. to, to, I just want to give people a flavour of, this is roughly what the record sounds like. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not yeah, going yeah, to be able yeah. to successfully do it with this. I mean, I'll probably put Callie on there because it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I think but then I'm going to have to put something really maybe attacked by an angel i don't know but i'll have to put something else totally different on which is the total opposite end of it and you'll still only get a small indication of where this record goes and how broad it is and i think in a sense that makes it difficult to get into if i'm honest however if you like this kind of thing you absolutely should persevere with today today because i think they're a really unique interesting band who it feels like it feels like experimental bands look up to today as the day, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're nearly, it's nearly like, they're not thirty years old as well. They're not they, far off that, are they? I mean, the first album came out in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, so making an album like this, yeah, for yeah, years, yeah, and still you go, oh, because I think both of us have gone. Yeah, I, 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 I was excited by the prospect of a new Today is the Day record, but I didn't think it'd be as good as this. Um, mm. I, I prefer this to their last one, Animal Mother, personally, which was seen as which was very well critically yeah. reviewed. Um, but I think this is better than this, than that one. Is this a good starting point for Today is the Day? Uh, yes. It's hard, isn't it? Because because I I was thinking about this on the way here. I was like, what is a good starting point for today? Is the day? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I would know. say Temple of the Morning. You know, if you want the, I think Temple of the Morning Star is that's the classic, isn't it? Is the classic, and you should probably start. I mean, that. good starting is does a good starting point exist with today's day? I don't know, but yes, Temple of the Morning is not a bad start. I think I think this is great. I don't know if it's a good starting place or not, but it is. I, I really I really like this kind record. Of, it's kind of a good starting point because it gives you a you know it gives you a hell of a lot. It shows you it, it gives you some serious breadth. range. Yeah, yeah. It gives some serious range. Well, so do. yeah, not the word. I would say you could have a listen to this and see how you feel about it, and then if you like it, then I think you'll fucking love Temple of the Morning Star. Yes. Anyway, um, there you go. That is a new one from today. Is a day no good to anyone? Well, you're good to us, Steve. <laughs> uh, oh. um, all right, trade off is back. Uh, with this, like I said at the start, the most 
Renfrey and Stevie trade off in history. You gave me uh, Whitefields and Open Devices by Vessels, their album, their debut album from 2008. Uh, I had heard the name Vessels. I was aware of the fact that there was a band and they were called Vessels. Uh, is that all you knew? That is pretty much all <laughs> I knew. Um, and I, well, no, I knew that they were some sort of techie, post-rocky thing, although I think I got it wrong by... Techie's techie. wrong. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely it is. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as I put it on, I thought, oh, it's uh, the sort of thing that Renfrey would like. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a surprise. Uh, Renfrey, do you want to talk me through the thought process of giving me this? This is a post-rock album produced by John Congleton. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Who you like a lot. I like John Congleton, yes. Um, I also think that this is one of the best post-rock albums ever made. Um, and Vessels are an interesting band from the point of view that they started very, very strong, in my opinion. I mean, I think I, I fucking love this record. And I love it because um it's really broad there's lots going on on this album mm -hmm. there's electronic stuff there's like beautiful piano moments there's vocals on the album i yep. mean it's mainly instrumental but there are mainly actually quite there's a little bit of vocals yeah uh, there's three or four songs with vocals on out of the 10 there's that feels like a little bit when you're talking about right, it's like 65 minutes or something it's about an hour yeah long um uh but it's really I mean, we were just talking about today is the day this is in some ways as broad um in in i guess not as sonically broad but you know there are bits where it, it, they just sound like a post-rock band there's bits where it's, it ends like an some weird electronic kind of thing you know um but what i think is brilliant about it is i believe every single thing they turn their hand to on this record is excellent like it just sounds really really accomplished for a particularly for a debut album like it, it's yeah. very impressive for a debut album. Yeah, it, it being a debut album is um is it's quite an achievement. It's a hell of an achievement. It's quite and an they... achievement to be doing that on your on your debut record. I think it's a it's a it's a journey. It's a good it's a good journey. Like yeah, rhythmically, I like it as well. Yeah, like my favorite parts of it were where it became rhythmically like the bass. I like yeah. the bass work. On There's it. some brilliant uh, rim clicks on this record. Yeah. Lots of great rim clicks. A um, lot of it I was just like, oh, it's uh, it's a post-rock band. Uh, I mean, there are there are bits where they sound like a and yeah, other post-rock band on yeah, it. Yeah. But but it's just done really fucking well. It's good. It's it's a, you know, it's good, this record. It's pretty good. There was a review on the BBC when it came out, which... Um, uh said um this daring debut stands head and shoulders above the second rate dross from their hometown that's fine for your attention they're from leeds um and um effectively <laughs> about the kaiser chiefs <laughs> quite possibly um and there, there were many 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 reviews from people who listened to a lot of this stuff and knew what they were talking about who were basically like this no no this is really fucking good but i do think that it's a subtle tea that i mean i remember the first time i heard this record i was like oh yeah this is a really this is a decent record and it, I, I grew to love it over the period of a few years rather than instantly it wasn't instantaneous for me that i thought i mean i do it's an oddity because 
I think this is a phenomenal album from a band who then went in a totally different direction. Oh, right, okay. They then released an album called Helioscope, which was a weird sort of amalgam of post-rocky stuff, a bit of pop, maybe more vocals on it. Um was an interesting experiment, but was just a bit of a mess, to be honest. I don't think they quite, um, quite got there with it, basically. They have pretty much turned into an electronic act at this point now mm. um they then released out it was called dilate i think and it's kind of weird ambient electronica stuff um if you can imagine uh take a track like the national anthem by radiohead really? um that kind of electronic music uh, okay. maybe even idiotech a little bit um and the post-rock stuff has just gone entirely and um uh, that is not my forte in terms of like the stuff that i like i believe the records that they are releasing now are good for their field and i've heard some people say that they're absolutely amazing who actually know a lot more about electronic music than i do but i was a bit like you you were really good at that post-rock thing why did you stop doing that you know and it was just a weird just an interesting uh journey that they went on i remember they played the first arc tangent festival um and you know arc tangent band through and through and they came on and did exclusively material from their unreleased electronic album and basically just made a lot of people feel very confused i mean no one was because the arc tangent crowd are lovely no one was like booing or throwing anything because that's what immature stupid idiots do mm. but but there were a lot of people who were like is this vessels because like they they have changed completely they are just a totally different band now um and you know it's safe to say that i prefer this stuff to what they're doing now i just, i think what they're doing now is probably very very good but yeah um but were you just like yeah it's just a post rock horse i quite enjoyed listening to it when it was on mm. but it's one of those ones where i listened to it and it was on and i thought oh that bit's quite good that bit's quite good and then it ended and i sort of went what what just, what happened and then i put it on again <laughs> And I sort of felt the same way. I couldn't sing you back or remember anything. And like I said, there's. I remember being like, oh, this bass line is really good. Um, but n absolutely nothing from it whatsoever has stuck with me to the point where I could recite it back to you now. To be fair... I, I did think that this is going on a bit at some points. To be fair, I think this album, I think you need to listen to it about a dozen times yeah, before, before stuff does do that. Sort of three times. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, which, which is fine. You know, this is, you know, trade off. We were saying beforehand, like we always have to put more uh, time into the doing the albums yeah. that we're actually reviewing. So, you know, I've listened to earth crisis three times. So, you know, that's fair. It's a fair trade off. Like. Yeah. um but um no and i think this is a subtle album in that it's it subtly reveals itself to you over a period of time um but it is just a it's a, it's a, i think is a brilliant brilliant often overlooked post-rock record because before they'd even managed to establish themselves to a lot of post-rock fans they totally changed their sound it's just an interesting career trajectory is an interesting thing to do with your career when bands do that um 
But um, I uh, yeah, and you know the John Congleton thing. I was like, well, maybe yeah. that'll bring Steve. Maybe I should have told you that before uh, you listened. Well, to no, it, I think it sounds very good actually. I did. Sounds it sound fucking good, yeah. wonderful. This record. It yeah. does sound good. Uh, John Congleton, the front man of the Paper Chase, for who those. I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and but- also and a phenomenal producer who he produced Yellow and Green by Baroness. Uh, oh, stuff. Fuck, loads of brilliant stuff. Yeah. John Congleton is amazing. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. I. I. I really love this. Album. There's a song called Yuki, um, which is track eight on this album. Which I mean, typical sort of post rock thing. Put the most commercial, brilliant song. <laughs> track on, eight. Track eight. Yeah. Uh, I think the second half of it, I was like, even though I was like, what's going on a bit, I was like, it kind of started to get me towards the end. More. Yeah. It's a, there's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song called Yuki. Uh, on this record which is just it breaks my heart every time i listen to it and and you know if it had been pushed and it could have been massive that that song no 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 that song but you know but i love the fact that and it's got vocals on it and all that kind Mm. of thing it sounds like a song in the middle of the oh yeah it does yeah um but it's the one i'm thinking of yeah which i can't even i just said i can't remember but i do remember the there's bits, yeah. Okay, it was fine. Um, <laughs> we, we, I should say, we've been recording for a very long time before this. Uh, we were recording something else before this as well, which yeah. is probably why the last sort of twenty minutes of this podcast have been very like, eh, 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 a little bit. Uh, so vessels, yeah. Uh, that's their debut album, Whitefields and Open Devices. It's all right. Like, do you know what I mean? It's I need to great. listen to it more than that. I mean, the thing is, I gave you something which you might listen to that three times. You probably only listened to it a couple when you knew kind of what was going on it was uh definitely it's fair to say earth crisis is more instantaneous yes than i gave you breed the killers by earth crisis um earth crisis uh band. so that's the type of music that renfrey likes this is the type of music that i like so really it's just going to be you going yeah it's fine and me going no 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 but um uh, we, we have just done the trade-off yeah, yeah exactly uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. um earth crisis a band who when they particularly that that firestorm ep from 1993 a kind of landmark thing to happen in hardcore um earth crisis are predominantly known for their militant straight edge views and for um bringing very very metal riffs into 90s hardcore uh, I wouldn't call them the first metalcore band or the first metallic hardcore band. Far from it, in fact. But certainly they were a very, very important and um, some would argue groundbreaking act uh, within the hardcore scene. Um, they were also a, a big fucking deal. I think a con- big fucking deal. Context is everything because you know what? I didn't consider that really mm. when listening to this this record that you gave me is from 1998 not 1993 yep. um but even in 1998 this wouldn't have been a massively prevalent sound there were other bands who were doing it yeah. as well uh i guess it's that thing of we have been swamped with this kind of thing now and i thought this was a perfectly good record but i was a bit like i feel like i've heard from my perspective I've heard this loads done a million times before, even though this was would have been one of the primary first examples. Of well, it. well, I mean, hold the phone there, Renfrey. Uh, Destroy the Machines, um, then 1995 debut and Gamora Season's End. Uh, it's 1996 follow-up. I think are both superior records ah. to this record. At this point, Earth Crisis were 
hot. They were a fucking hot, big deal. In a FHM in, kind of way? No, or in, in a, a sort of like hardcore, they're the fucking, those are the guys. Oh, yeah. These are the band. This is the band who is doing the thing. Um, I yeah. mean, particularly Destroy the, yeah, from kind of Firestorm and Destroy the Machines, the Earth Crisis became a very cutting edge, cool name to be dropping around sort of hardcore aficionados. Um, yeah. I was going to say Spice Girl fans, it might have gone yeah, over their yeah, heads. Yeah, yeah. Which led to them signing eventually to Roadrunner Records. And the reason I brought this record in and I gave you their sole effort uh, ah. to come out on Roadrunner Records is because it is, for me, one of those kind of hilarious bridging records. Oh, right. Um, okay. Earth Crisis quickly became kind of a... I don't know if a joke is right or a laughing stock is certainly not at this point. They certainly weren't a laughing stock or a joke, but they certainly became fairly redundant fairly quickly Although, right. i don't know any of this i have to admit yeah, yeah. well um, i saw sick of it all um years and years ago and lou collar uh, yes. made a joke about uh. the dude a dude in an earth crisis hoodie on stage and the whole venue went ah, oh right i do remember that and i do remember being like hmm earth crisis were known like i said predominantly for you know bringing very uh, austere, very metal chugging guitars into hardcore and also for an incredibly militant straight edge uh, viewpoint, if you like. Um, and, it, and was that what made them a joke? The, the fact that they took themselves too seriously? Yeah, I think... Right. The, well, hold on, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I apologise. Um, Jump in the gun. I think, um, you know, straight edge... Uh, particularly around like you know ssd control and the boston hardcore scene famously were very very militant straight edge uh it's not what you know minor threat and ian mckay ever wanted i don't think no um to have this kind of violent thuggish behavior from um well definitely from, not from the straight edge scene Earth well Crisis, they, they they did not want to create a straight no, edge scene they, didn't at all, did they, they just they wrote a song called straight edge and were just like isn't it stupid when people are drunk and do stupid things yeah. and get high all the time and it turned into this this one yeah. one and a half minute and song turned yeah. into a whole scene which result, is still prevalent today it's the, crazy the result of which is carl from earth crisis going on um american news network tv shows in the mid 90s to try and uh you know dissuade people from um, attacking anyone they see smoking or having to kind of play down these rumors that Fuck. if you go to an earth Crazy. crisis show and you drink a beer you'll get the shit kicked out of you i mean i heard stories about somebody blowing smoke in an earth crisis fan's face and being held down and having an X carved in their back and then having boiling hot water poured all over it. That is a story that I'm sure is complete bollocks. Probably right? bollocks, I'm sure yeah. is a complete and utter fallacy and fabrication. Mm. But these were the kind of rumors stories going and rumors around, yeah. that followed Earth Crisis around Wow, okay. Um, you can go on YouTube and you can watch the footage um, of Earth Crisis being interviewed. I think it's on Fox News. I think it might be on Fox News and how Straight Edge is this dangerous, militant, 
um, punk rock subgenre of these kids who are, you know, violent, out of control thugs. Uh, I've seen an interview on YouTube with somebody wearing an Earth Crisis uh, T-shirt who says, if you ever take a sip of a drink, you can never be considered straight edge ever and you'll never be part of our crew. Wow. That attitude is just so fucking weird to me. It's really weird. And I had a few years where I considered myself straight edge. When I was at university, if, when my band used to play shows, I did the whole X on the thing. I, I, you know, I, I didn't drink for about two years. I've never smoked. I've never even had a drag on a cigarette in my life ever. Um, I don't do drugs at all. I've never done any drugs. And yeah, like I, I drink. Just uh, had a cup of tea, mate. Yeah, I had a cup Doing of tea. Um, yeah, I suppose I suppose I would be. I'm out. You're out the crew. You're out. The crew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bet you've had an aspirin. Um, yeah, um, and uh, yeah. So you know, I I did for a little bit, kind of um, uh, identify with all that. But I, the idea of being one of those people like Earth Crisis, it scared the shit out of me. But it is it's kind of the equivalent of like how um and i'd like to stress that not all vegans are like this but vegans are often painted as being militant mm. and being like mm. oh, if you eat meat you're an awful person blah, blah blah it's kind of the same mentality wasn't it yeah. around that time yes, that, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. so breed the killers in 1998 like obviously at this point uh the the sort of the cult of earth crisis had built up to the point where they signed to the label you know the same label that signed biohazard the same label that, label that signed shelter the same label that signed um life of agony the same label that signed yeah. a lot of you know kind of uh, dog eat dog i know dog eat dog are a kind of fun core band or whatever you want to call them but you know there were a lot of well roadrunner record basically the the biggest label in the world at that point for, for rel- heavy music for heavy yeah music. um and their third studio album came out which you know i think roadrunner probably hoped would continue the momentum uh that they built <laughs> up uh well they went back to victory after this record didn't they they did and where they went to victory is really where i mean i i was close to giving you that album Uh, but we will talk about that album after we talk about breed the killers i quite like breed the killers okay right i think it's an all right record i'd probably agree with you i think it was fine i i was i now that i've had this background information i understand why you gave it to me but whilst i was listening to it i was a bit like i feel like i'm missing something here Mm um yeah it's just because it is their soul it's kind of a, a weird little oddity yeah. and it's uh it's a funny little fork in the road for me for earth crisis because you know they they didn't um they didn't follow through on this promise they didn't remain kind of kings of the underground and yet they didn't really take the step up to the next level they had one moment where that potentially could have happened and it kind of didn't really happen for them 1998 i guess new metal was kind of in its prime at that point and it's a little bit too early to be a hardcore band and to be uh you know getting a bit of attention to kind of um you know the 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 pre hate breed world, yeah. Uh, if you like the pre kind of metalcore kill switch engage all that stuff is before that. Although you know they definitely would have been an influence on all, on all that stuff. Undoubtedly, sure. yeah. Undoubtedly, um, but yeah, it's it's an all right record. You know, it's a it's a hardcore record. Rob Flynn pops up on one against all. Oh yeah, uh, and that's that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah, fine. Yeah, it's good. It's not as good as Gamora Seasons End. Definitely no. not. Um, and. And then they pop back off to victory. So, what do you think, Renfrey? Like, just all right? Just an all yeah, right? I, 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 this is the. I don't have a lot to say about it. It just felt like an all right hardcore slash metalcore record. Uh, more the metalcore that I tend to like, being sort of late nineties yeah. metalcore. Um, I don't love it. It didn't feel like I was a little bit 
uh, worried that you were going to turn around to me and say, this is, this is the Earth Crisis record. And and I was like, oh, right. Well, that means I don't like Earth Crisis then. (laughs) Um, But I feel better knowing that this is sort of a a medium Earth Crisis record because that's what it sounds like to me. It's kind of a, I guess it's kind of a weird one for me to pick, but it's just because I didn't know whether to give you a good one or whether to give you what happened next. Uh, What happened next is Slither from 2000. Now we've said about picking the worst albums um ever made and us oh, ranking the worst albums well like weirdly i actually quite enjoy lot there's a song called killing brain cells on slither which is great but slither is that about drinking uh, probably yeah because because yeah like quite famously every time you drink a pint you kill something like a thousand brain cells yeah, or something. Probably. you do have billions though so don't worry about it um, you'll be fine that's <laughs> <laughs> so the alcoholic of the band. but um slither is a fucking new metal record oh it's a new metal record oh right it just is okay and it's pretty hilarious to hear uh carl rapping oh um interesting you see now i want to listen to that well i think we'll do it yeah okay because i know there will be people out there in like one of it's one of the most i think it's one of the most hated records in hardcore and i just wonder if breed the killers had been a bit better i think this is why i gave it to you because i think you know earth crisis for everything that went on outside them early on my god they were they were fucking great right and I just think if Breed the Killers had been a bit better than it is, and yeah. me giving it to you has kind of proven my point. Because yeah. gone, eh, I think it's it. neither here nor there. Yeah, really. And I will say, uh, I was whilst I was listening to this, I looked over at my shelf and I uh, spotted out of the corner of my eye imprint by Vision of Disorder, mm. and it occurred Again, to me that year. Well, it occurred before. to me it came out the same year, had a high profile guest in the form of Phil Anselmo. Yeah. And I was like, well, imprint compared to this. I mean, there's no contest. Yeah, and even that imprint. fucking no help for Vision Disorder. I mean, they no. released from Blister Devastation around the same time as Slither came out. And again, like, I mean, that's a, that's a turkey. That's I suppose, yeah, an interesting... Yeah, so you know, I that, really. can't remember if I've ever said this to you, but I don't dislike from Blister Devastation anywhere near as much as you do, although I understand why I you don't Merlin like it. I bet loves but... it. He loves Marilyn Manson, so... <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does sound like a okay Marilyn Manson record, but yeah. yeah. It was an odd move for Vision of Disorder. It's not great, but I mean, that got a fucking, fucking hell, that got a oh, ride compared to Slither. Yes, Slither was fucking panned. And I've got to be honest, right, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hold my hands up. I'm just going to get the track listing for Slither up now. Um, there is, oh, one, two, three, there's about, there's about four songs. I mean, yeah, look at that one, all music, one star. Uh, absolutely I mean th- as soon as I look at it, it just says corn slipknot <laughs> oh right okay as uh, in associated acts yeah it or? said influenced by 90s metal bands like corn slipknot I mean it mm. was a fucking disaster mm. and, and very much seen as a you're just trying to yeah jump on a bandwagon yeah in 2000 it? bringing that out in the year 2000 but it, it always made me think like I wonder if 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 Breed the Killers had been fucking great, if they'd have followed up first two, you know, they this really kind of 
infamous band and they're signed to a really big label and if they'd have delivered a killer album yeah. would that have seen their profile rise and they'd have gone like okay on we go and we stay on Roadrunner and we make another good album don't have to worry about the trends and could Earth Crisis have been the band that's like Hatebreed became right yeah. they could have been they yeah, absolutely yeah. could have been yeah. but um, no because <laughs> no. they released a fairly average album and then decided <laughs> to release a new metal album after that yeah. so one day we will get Renfrey listening to, to Slither because yeah. I mean it's I want to listen to it now fucking hilarious like uh, I uh, I I don't hate like I'm I don't I actually don't hate it but it is fucking hilarious it is fucking hilarious that record okay some of it is just what are you doing um <laughs> but there's actually some quite good stuff on it like got a slither in my soul what to wake up and to get the goal from a dip 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 oh, what are you doing anyway you said good stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, there'll be some good stuff on it as well cool. anyway look next week it's the last uh, trade-off we'll be doing for a while, and then we will be doing our search for the worst broken records, the worst records ever. We'll the worst broken records. Um, so what are you going to give me for one last go, Renfrey? It's got to be of... Big Guns, hasn't it, as it's the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to give you the Spaghetti Incident! Exclamation mark question mark by Guns N' Roses. Which is a covers album. A punk covers a album. A punk covers Well, it is a punk covers album. It contains songs by the likes of T-Rex. Uh, oh. Yeah, exactly. T-Rex, Soundgarden. Um, oh. uh, it's all punk uh, Fucking, fucking hell. Well, we'll um, UK week. subs. Yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> Dead Boys. Yeah, okay. Well, I... The damned fucking hell, sorry. One punk covers album for another. I'm going to give you Slayer's Undisputed Attitude. Ah, interesting. The first Slayer album that I ever bought. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a misnomer. Was um, it? Quick, uh, yeah, so quick. Usually we give each other records that um, we have never, ever heard again. I am going to say I've heard Undisputed Attitude, but A, not for about fucking hell, 15 years? Yeah. And B, I think I've listened to Undisputed Attitude two or three times in my life so we're gonna count it yeah so we'll be doing that and ian mckay from fukazi if you're listening i'm sorry <laughs> we will be bringing up uh that cover oh, yeah. of guilty of being white um yes we uh we're in uh interviewing god i wish we're reviewing uh, uh ian mckay album in a couple of weeks are we yeah uh you should be super excited about this you clearly haven't heard about this because you'd be more excited Corriki. It's oh, okay. uh, Ian Mackay and Joe Lally from Fugazi. The closest we've got to a Fugazi reunion in three weeks' time, two weeks' time. They haven't even split up. Ooh, you can't, Fugazi. I've got to cut that now, haven't I? No, don't nah. worry about it. That's vague <laughs> enough, isn't it? I thought I'm going to fucking say it. Tantalising. <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, all right. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. I will be talking to Renfrey about Guns N' Roses Spaghetti Incident and he will be talking to me about Slayer's Undisputed Attitude. Plus, we're going to be reviewing new music from Haggard Cat, Human Impact, Video Nasties, Hillary Woods <laughs> and Burzum. Maybe Burzum. Maybe Burzum. I've listened Burzum. to the Burzum album quick it's quick not even worth quick note on the burzum album um steve said that we were going to be reviewing it this week we're not reviewing it this week because it's out next week it's out next week uh, but the pre- the reason we fucked up on that is the press materials that were sent out said it was out this week which is how f- fucking atrocious this whole campaign has been uh handled because even on the press notes they get the date wrong of when the album's coming out that's pretty 
astronomically awful, isn't it? Wait till you hear the record. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks very much to our friends at Music If you go to musicism.net for all your courses, get uh, 25% off. If you put Riot in capitals in the checkout, we shall see you next bloody week. Toodaloo.